Talk Brunch, served hot. Talk Brunch live. Rick Dara here, aka Captain Brunch, being joined by his co-host Destin Soglo Frazier. So y'all cancel Peppy? Y'all ain't cancel the human fucking. You didn't cancel who? Oh, that fucking um, Herbert. Oh, I forgot about that guy. That's they haven't thought about him yet. They'll get it. They'll get around to it. You know, that's a guaranteed. Like it's happening. We're gonna. By the time this is over, we're gonna be canceling everything. Fuck <laughs> it, <Pardon>, right? <laughs> we should just come up with excuses to just dilute cancer culture and just make up things that we want to cancel. I'm sure you could come up with an excuse to cancel just about anything at this point. This though, I gotta be white. It doesn't always have to be white. And if you want to be uh, politically correct, then it's Irish. It's Irish Spring. You're stupid. That's the way that it works, man. <laughs> Get with the program. No refer to it as white soap. It's Irish Spring. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. So I didn't have any time today to put this program together the way that I would have liked to, mainly because of the fact that uh, I was setting up a new, somewhat of a new studio setup here. So things are a little bit different than they usually are. So I have my program in front of me, but there's no particular order of events. So we're just going to kind of wing it together. And that means you, Destin, as well, can just bring up whatever the hell you want. But that being said, I also want to thank everybody for joining us and staying up late. Because I know we hit here late, but whatever. It's a one-man show as far as the technical aspect of it goes. And I never stop working. So, was behind the scenes the entire time, making sure that everything comes out good. For all of you people across iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio. Uh, what's the other one? Google Podcasts. You know. At this point, you name it, we're almost yeah, exactly. And of course, the video feeds over at twitch.tv slash talkbrunch and facebook.com slash gaming slash talkbrunch and talkbrunch.com being our primary landing page. So how are you doing? I mean, hey, no complaints. Been quite a interesting little week when it comes to some of the news out there. Impact had their pay-per-view on Saturday. It's a lot of stuff been going on. Yeah. And Kato Culture's been on the rise, so yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because I uh, I watch uh, pretty much all the stuff that's relevant to the show, and I figured this week we have to be... We lost two hours. It's not just daylight savings time. It's daylight shitty time because uh, you lose the one hour because you got to set your clocks forward. And then every Monday, I felt like we lose a second hour because now live wrestling starts at 7 p.m. because of AEW elevation. So today... Having lost one hour already, then I lose the second one because I had elevation on at 7 p.m. Did you catch it? Yes, I did. Are you going to catch it more? I mean, I could see myself watching it more. You think so, man? Huh. Yeah. I watched it and I was like, oh, I hate to be here an hour early and not four hours of wrestling, but I'm going to take notes. I got to be honest with you. I didn't. I decided after the first couple of matches not to not to pay attention <laughs> and not to really take notes i gotta it felt like dark man it felt like dark i was like i have shit to do to get the show ready i'm not gonna sit here and watch more i thought it was gonna have i don't know what i wanted out of it but it, it's definitely it didn't give me anything like i felt like i got nothing watching this 
you know, um, and I thought it was going to be from seven to eight. I don't know why I thought there'd be like a humble seven to eight p.m. segueing into since they know, you know, the whole philosophy over there's all wrestling fans I figured they know most wrestling fans are going to watch Raw. I'm at 802 and I'm figuring, all right, well, maybe the YouTube feed is behind. It's going to end any minute now. And it went into like a segment with Kenny Omega or something. I was just like, wait a minute, this keeps going. How long is this? Is this? <laughs> I was just like, no, 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 I got to I got to go. I was like, I'm going to watch Raw. I know I'm going to have a bad experience, but you guys can't just put a YouTube show on the starts of 7 p.m. and have that shit bleed past 8 p.m. on a Monday. You know what I mean? It's like that stomping ground right there. <laughs> That's balls of territory, son. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of weird. I didn't expect it. I didn't even think to look at the clock. I figured that my notice that Ross coming on would be when their copyright shows up. But nope, I got to be careful about it. I don't know if I'm going to watch it again, man. Just do a longer dark. George, bite your tongue. Don't, don't you threaten George, me. Dark is two hours long. I've seen darks that were two and a half hours, bro. Two and a half, two thirty. I've had two thirty-five darks that I've watched. That's what made me sort of like stray away from it. I used to think that dark it dark it started as a thirty-minute show. It was just like oh, thirty minutes, you know, I'll get a couple of dark matches in here, literally. Hence the name AEW Dark. Then one week it was like oh, this is an hour. Very interesting. They they're putting effort into this. Then I remember it being like an hour thirty-five. Jesus, that's dynamite without commercials. Then one day it was like <laughs> two hours. That's the dynamite on Fight TV where it doesn't even go into picture in picture. <laughs> then I remember being like two fucking thirty-five. So it's a pay-per-view now. They're the only people that I've ever seen that are like us with time, you know, where it's kind of like, how, when, when is it going to start out, General Montana? When is it going to end? Well, I don't know. Whenever everybody's done. Hey, fucking, we're going to ride this to the wheels. Go. Like they're on talk brunch time over there, you know, like whenever all the matches are finished, they don't tell anyone to go home early. They never tell anyone, sorry, your shit has to be short. And that's the thing. We already know based on all of these interviews we heard from them that all of their talent basically is allowed to go in there and have an open mind about the shit they want to do. And they don't like saying no to anybody. So that means that if somebody wants to go in there and do a bunch of crazy shit that takes 25 minutes, they're not going to say no. They're just going to keep going through the matches. And as cool as that is, when it's pay-per-view time, to be honest, I can't take that for dark matches. I thought I could. But after it hit a certain limit, it was like, Jesus. Like, this is just, these are long matches, man. I feel like desensitized. <laughs> right. Like, that shouldn't happen. You should pace yourself with combat in anything. I don't just feel that way about this. I feel this way like in life. Not that I say you should go out into combat and pace yourself and have various com- combative situations. But what I mean is as far as entertainment goes, you know, like when you watch something, anything, and it's, it has a good story, like when violence happens, it's, it's a bigger deal than if violence happens all the time. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. It's like season one of Attack on Titan versus like season four. Like the violence isn't always there, but when it's there now, it's like, oh, shit. Or anything, anything that where it seems like it's a big, it's a bigger deal than what happens. I, I keep bringing it up because it's become one of my favorite series ever, but Cobra Kai does that. It tells a great Karate Kid story, but uh, when fights happen, it's like, oh shit, that was a fight fight, you know? This is like Tenjo Tengi, rival schools levels of uh, <laughs> fighting people in this. This is nuts. And uh, <laughs> same thing with as, for a while there, early seasons of Game of Thrones, where it was like they were building and building, but then when like the battles happened, it was like it was all relevant. Like they, they were setting it up right. so that you'd be emotionally invested in every single execution or swerve or heel turn that happened. That's sort of the way that you do things. And, and Dragon Ball is another good example. As much as uh, it's, it's been uh, for people who are casuals as far as... Uh, I don't even want to say casuals. There's a lot of meme readers in the world. I hate to say it, yeah. but there are people who they educate themselves in pop culture through just scrolling and reading memes. And they perceive the sarcasm and jokes in these memes as reality without ever actually consuming the content that they're memeing. So then they basically perceive these stereotypes as the way things really are. I digress. Dragon Ball being one of those things that's perceived as they always fight in that series. They always fight in that series. They always fight in that series. When they don't, 
you actually were to look at it from like a zoomed out perspective of the entire thing from beginning to end, they don't really fight that much. And if you go by a calendar date, even though like for a viewer, these, these, some of these battles are 35 to 40 episodes by a calendar, that was a day in their lives. They've had like five fights. They've been big, though. They're epic in scale. Like, the whole world might end. You might die. Your loved ones are killed. Your mom was turned into a fucking egg. All kinds of shit happens. Where it makes it, yeah, and it makes it feel like, wow, this isn't really, really important. But if it was like... You complain about your day. <laughs> and no disrespect to it, but if it was like the 80s Ninja Turtles, you'd be less invested. You'd be entertained, but you'd be less invested. And what I mean by that is the 80s Ninja Turtles has a monster of the week feel to it, where, like, no matter what, within 30 minutes, they're going to have an enemy fight and be defeated. And you can watch any episode out of order most of the time, unless they do like a saga, which was rare back then. I think only like the first five episodes of the 80s Ninja Turtles to introduce everything was an arc. After Power that, you could watch. A perfect example of that as well. Which one? Uh, Power Rangers. Uh, you know what? Like, them, to a lesser extent with them, man. Like yeah, they had yeah, like that a, is extreme. Like right. they had a story. Like they're, 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 they're one-off episodes. They have their Monster of the Week episodes, but they have a canological order of doing things where like the main plot is, is elevating and elevating and elevating to a climax at the season finale. And that's what the formula of anything that has fighting is supposed to be. Like just some sort of a climax leading, you know, something leading to like a big season finale. So they did that really well with there with like the world building and the character development. Like that's something that you want. I, I kind of feel like that applies to wrestling too, though. When you're going to have something in wrestling, like there has to be some character development or world building. If every person that encounters themselves has a 30 minute match, it doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? After a while, it's kind of like, which, what are the epic battles then? Two hours? And uh, we've spoke on here before about the fact that wrestling should be, uh, it should have good stories and everything else. And that, but there, it should also be able to be something sustainable on the work of the wrestlers. But they like take it to the extreme. Like they don't expect you to know anyone. You know what I mean? Like they don't care if you know anybody. They'll be like, here are these recruits that just signed the job application that's medical forms just came back. They call themselves Grape and Fruit and they're a tag team and they're going to be here fighting the young bucks. They're going to fight the young bucks in AEW elevation for fucking 27 minutes, you know? And they'll already be waiting in the ring. And that's another weird thing about me with this company. Because at least WWE, as much as we criticize them, at least they're honest with their middle finger up your ass. You know? Because you'll already be waiting in the ring. The camera won't ever focus on you. And they'll give you a name like Bradshaw Tripped. Remember that? Or Trip Bradshaw? <laughs> you know? And then they'll just have the baby face just squash you. Like if it's McIntyre, he's just running at you with the claymore. Like there's not even going to be a thing you're going to get to do. At least WWE, they're completely honest. Middle fingers in the air. Goodbye. That was a jobber. I'm surprised that they don't just go jobber with the way that they portray. But AEW will have them already in the ring with no music. And then they'll go like 29 minutes. It's just strange, man. I can't take any more from them. And uh, I venture to say I don't think they know how to. Uh, I don't think they know how to put together a wrestling show properly. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. There's all these great minds there that are together. But somehow the formula for putting together like a show that... uh is balance i can't say not a good one because you can have fun and watch them but there's such a lack of balance there you know it's like Where a it's different kind of, feel from the other side we we've used a few anime metaphors on here and i've said this before but to me out of all of these animes that have balance and formulas and power levels and energy they come off more like a fully coolie remember flco anybody's oh, ever watched flco great i love it it's a great anime fantastic artwork made by gymax the same people who did evangelion i felt like evangelion this was just them like you know Having like a little fun after doing some dark shit like that. But if you go back and watch Fooly Cooly, it's everywhere. 
It's just everywhere. It's just one of those animes where it's, it's practically robot chicken levels of everywhere. <laughs> the, defies logic, defies, is, there's a story somewhere in there, but it's, it doesn't really care about following the traditional tone and formula of what you would expect to happen because you literally have no idea where this is going. That's become AEW. I don't know where, what's happening half the time, man. I don't want to jump ahead to the weeklies, but this week, uh, I felt was one of the worst weeks. I don't know if you agree with me about that. I don't know. I feel like I've seen worse. Maybe that's just me. I'll explain why when we get to it. Yeah. You know, like I'll definitely explain why, because it's not like I'm there. I want to do the weeklies at the end, which I don't even know why we bother to do weeklies at the end at this point. But anyway, we always like to start with something fun. And tonight we're going to start with something fun because we have a, uh, Shawn Michaels has a recent action figure. Did you hear about this? I seen it. Did you see it already? I didn't see Holy it. Holy shit. But I already thought about what that would mean. As soon as they said Shawn Michaels has a recent action figure, <laughs> oh. I was like, wait a minute. Uh oh. <laughs> All I'm saying, they updated him in an action figure before they updated him in the fucking games. No disrespect, man. <sighs> but if there was ever to be a collector's item i think the Shawn michaels the classic ones not just because they're classic but now more than ever they've probably gone up in value because i'll take an old Shawn michaels action figure over one of these now, new the ones sad part is it's not even for the reasons you think that's the funny part like, it's not even the vintage tights or the, the, the f- <laughs> that's sad right i don't know why i just feel oh. so sad when i see that it looks like somebody put tights on a weird ken doll like i just feel so fucking depressed i feel like if anyone's triggered by depression just looking at that doll will make you sad don't you feel sad <laughs> you, know, you know what the worst part about it is why does the picture all the paper on the back not look like Shawn michaels it looks like a pissed off Shawn michaels cosplayer All of the cool things about having a Shawn Michaels action figure are gone. There's no like, like there's no cool vest or anything that's gonna top. There's no cool armbands. There's no like bell bottoms or like sparkly shit on the legs. The boots aren't cool. No DX glow sticks or crotch chop. Not even fucking hair. (laughs) You know, like cowboy hat. Something. No cowboy hat. Like, you know how many Shawn Michaels action figures you would be able to have back in the day from the different outfits and cool stuff. You always, I, I used to always wonder what Shawn Michaels was gonna look like when I hear his music. What's he gonna look like today? Is he that gonna was wear? half the fun of Shawn Michaels, especially when WrestleMania came around. Holy shit. How's he going to be? Like, what kind of, you know, a- anything. This is the most stripped down Shawn Michaels act. And I guess it's honest. That's how he looked, right? Is that how he looked when he fell on his face? When they failed oh to catch God, him? It might have been. All he needs is a button on the back that makes a nosebleed. Good. I, just, I can't stop looking at the picture behind the figure. They should call that shit Smileless Shawn, just as a callback. Oh. Comes with lost smile. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> Comes with lost smile. Press a button on his back and he says, "Here's your bell back." That might be the title. Comes with lost smile. I mean, shit, I think ding 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 shows over. Shutting it down because I'm right here. You know, we put the ball Shawn Michaels on the screen. Dustin came up with the title. <laughs> oh no, you don't know. No, I'm tasting right now. We can get to some stuff later on, especially with Raw. We might have better screenshots than that. You're gonna have to, dude. I it reached a point where Raw. I watched it. You're gonna oh, have to I'll, believe me. You'll know. I'll make sure you know the part. I <laughs> there, there were times 
and this is when I know a show was bad. It's not even that I didn't watch Raw. It's that it didn't register in my mind. There were times I was watching it and I just daydreamed from how fucking boring it was. And when I came to, it was like, what? Why is someone playing hopscotch? What the fuck is this? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's become, I said it in the, uh, I said it in one of our private chat rooms. It was like, this thing is unwatchable, unwatchable. We're jumping all over the place, but this is Shawn Michaels of the current era. What was the name of the episode again? Unless we get something better. What do you say again? Uh, comes with lost smile. Comes with lost smile. <laughs> <laughs> and then it looks like that. I just to make sure that's it. Oh my God. With that face where he looks like he. he... <laughs> Yo, it, it kills me. Somebody tell me the guy on the pictures does not look like somebody who went to a Dragon Con. Cosplayed as small, uh, Shawn Michael. And somebody said your Shawn costume sucks. It looks like Shawn Michaels fused with Adam Pierce. Oh, it looks like the Alphys fuse too. Shadow Mears. <laughs> this is a mess. They did the fusion. They didn't touch tips correctly. And George is right. At least put him in his NXT hat, like the way we see him in Gorilla, like just the NXT shirt, some blue jeans, and the NXT hat. I think again, I would have involves- preferred that over the Shawn Michaels that fell in Saudi Arabia. But once again, that involves giving NXT something. We know how they feel about that shit. But <laughs> yeah, just that's probably why, right? Because he's more been NXT. seen on TV with the NXT hat and outfit. Don't like giving NXT shit. That shit with the falling off the thing happened once. It's unbelievable, man. Holy crap. Un- absolutely unbelievable. This company. Oh, my God. Coming soon. Shawn Michaels tour review. No, I'm kidding. If somebody buys it, review it, man. Tell us about it. <laughs> Send that shit to my house. I don't want to have to explain that. Can you imagine that? No, I'd be so pissed off. I had, I'd find whoever did and just fuck it. <laughs> no, up, up, up! No slapping, no slapping your leg. Was that a leg slap? <laughs> you, you know the deal. Contracted me. I do what the fuck I want. No more. Whenever I hear any kind of slapping sound anywhere, I'm, I'm canceling that shit. You're stupid. I'm dead serious. This is a, this is a shoot. Fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm canceling slap sounds. That that has no place in the world. <laughs> Also, the one thing that makes a make a bit of smacking somebody funny, we just get rid of that. Okay, cool. Nope, no slaps. You gotta, it, it gotta be realistic. You gotta make a sound that I can't hear. Like when you do a slap, you gotta slap like this. You fucking stupid. <laughs> See that? That's realism right there. Yeah, if you're living in a fucking silent movie. <laughs> Listeners are gonna believe that I really slap someone if it sounds like this. See? They believe it because they didn't hear. The fact that they didn't hear it makes them more engaged. See? I just slapped someone right now. Only the only the most only the most observant people caught it. Only the motherfuckers with their eyeballs on the screen caught it. Did, did you catch being the elite? Oh my god, I didn't catch it, but holy shit, I heard about it. Yeah, I got. I heard about it, and I was like, nope, I'm not watching it till Monday. Yeah, I gotta. Let me see. Do I got it here? Oh, they make it too easy. And then, <laughs> yeah, here it is. This was great. And then, uh-huh. and then I said, "Beat her." I don't even know her. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh man! What? Everything? Everything? Oh my God! Have you guys not seen the new rule that I am enforcing in this room that you rent for me? Hey, CD, you're the talent relations. Do your job. Sorry, Matt. That's uh. $500 fine, so... Damn it. 
This is fucking wonderful. You know, Matt, so immature. To, to do, like, on the boys. Look, you boys young kids, you're so obsessed with slapping your leg. I know it'd be an easy way to make some cash, so don't do it again. Oh. Maybe that's why VKN uh, did that as well. This place is getting too corporate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was great. Oh, that is brilliant right there, man. I slapped his leg and got fined $500. I love that, uh, the way he just suddenly panned to the side and there he was. No, no, no. Right? Like, he was there the whole fucking time. No leg slaps. I'm going to share that on social media here. That's funny. I'm not going to share the, uh, the Shawn Michaels ball, though. No, don't, don't you curse these listeners with that shit. Yeah, they're going to be like, what is that? Motherfuckers will lose their smile, too. Yeah, right. It made me lose my smile looking at it. <laughs> Kills me. Good oh. Incredible. Poor Sean. I just kept the hair. I let you gray out. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I mean, he would look better with long white gray hair. He looked like a wizard. Mm-hmm. Like he's just a wizard boy. Wizard boy. No. Well, we already had uh, the wizard of, of Nash. And I'm not even talking about the last time he the, the first time he was a wizard. I was talking about the last time. I know. I remember. I remember. You know, like when he came back with white hair, it was the worst of it. But uh, yeah, that's depressing as all hell. Yeah. And not, Shawn not Mike, the, not mm-hmm. the leg slap, fine. The Shawn Michaels actor figure, both. Well, yeah, the Matt Jackson one was funny though. That. Yeah, Shawn Michaels actually chimed in on the leg slapping. Uh. He's talk, he talked to the New York Post and he's quoted as saying, clearly I look back at it and I go, okay, I did it. I just did one. I'm always of the cloth. I can remember when I started people telling me too fast, too much, too this, and there's a balance there. They were right in some respects and at the same time, the business also evolves and changes. Football isn't played the same. Basketball isn't played the same. So I don't know. I'm somebody that embraces those changes. I feel like somewhere in the middle and balance is so important. I appreciate the style of today. I appreciate that athleticism of the performers of today. Are they perfect? No, but neither were we. So that's his take on the leg slap. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, think, I don't know how that became a, a thing so fast, right? Right. Like who? How obvious would it have to have been to where they were like, no, nobody do that again? Because it's like you see the leg slaps with headbutts. You see it not just with super kicks, but it was like with headbutts. Just a lot of. Different moves incorporate that sound effect. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I feel so it's right. like it's gonna be weird seeing a lot of those moves and not seeing that sound effect because it's because the the clap is what does it for me. Yeah, like when, like 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 whenever I used to see freaking Alistair Black light people up with that black mask, it was the <laughs> something yeah. about that was magical. <laughs> Maybe that's why they put him on the bench, huh? Oh my god, wouldn't that be a bitch if that was it? But then again, that that's here. probably a better reason than what they probably did. So. Maybe. And then that's assuming they had a reason, because you know this. So why does Soldier Boy keep coming up? How come more and more rappers keep, I don't know. keep popping up? Man, I keep avoiding these stories, and, but then they come up and, more and, and, and more. And you know and what more. I've noticed? It's always, especially in the class, the case of Bow Wow and Soldier Boy, it's guys who haven't been relevant in fucking forever. And you know Soulja that Soldier Boy had like a song and a half, and then a shitty console. That's all he has. You know he made a new shitty console the other day, right? Yeah. I can't believe it. God Almighty, he oh, what? I can't believe. Let me it. guess. Let, let me guess. The, the, the console, the the, um, the slogan for the fucking soldier console number two. It just worked, right? So he's been going on some sort of. 
See what I did there? <laughs> See, it took a second. <laughs> I'm going to learn. I'm going to become so educated on all of the rap culture just by being a wrestling fan, apparently. Ain't that a bitch? That's... Like, how did that Remember happen? You had to listen to this shit to know. Yeah, now I know everybody. I'm starting to learn the characters and stuff. It's funny how <laughs> rap has sort of crossed over the same way that, like, wrestling does. You know, the way you watch another federation because you learn about some other people that are working there. It's like rap sort of. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like pretty soon. I'm telling you, get ready for that Def Jam crossover. Oh, my fucking God. I'm sold on it. But anyway, I digress. So in this store, apparently he's been vocal about how fake wrestling looks or something. Uh, what is it? He said he he put out a video where he uh, called Randy Orton Randy Organ or something. I don't get it. So so basically all him and all of his other friends that didn't graduate second fucking grade was supposed to laugh but i don't get it even as an as a stupid joke why would he be organ because it rhymes with orton so does morgan yeah. so does morgan why, why can't he be randy morgan because Moran- morgan doesn't start with an o <laughs> right but it also rhymes why does it have to start with an o like what are the rules here for this to be a, a good a good idea why not call him randy orbit like, is there a reason for Oregon? It only makes, it's only a good joke if, like, it makes sense. Did he take someone's organs? Does he play an organ? <laughs> See, you trying to decipher how stupid his joke is, is funnier than his own fucking joke. Organ's not even, like, a derogatory or negative term. Like, if you called, like, one of the girls something like, Prissy Pissy, like both names are very derogatory and they were <laughs> insulted without you even having to think about it. It's like, oh, you called her Prissy Pissy. <laughs> you know, Randy Organ's not even a fucking insult. So Iron Sheik for some reason jumped in. Because it was so stupid, even Sheik had to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he said, soldier bitch, you dumb fucking no good ringtone rap jabroni piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that's so fucking good. What? <laughs> I've never heard someone called a ringtone rapper. That's a high level fucking insult. A ringtone rapper. That's high that's level all, for that's all your beats are good for is to be fucking ringtones. That's where we hear you most of the time. It's the it's the twenty twenty one equivocal of when you'd hear like a car passing in the eighties. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Keep hearing that damn song everywhere when a car passes. He said, soldier bitch, you dumb fucking no good ringtone rap jabroni piece of shit. I crank your ass, put you in the camel clutch, make you humble. And then soldier boy replies, you you won't do shit. I'll Superman your goofy looking ass. Don't play with me. Turn you to the iron bitch. (sighs) So sorry for a tad bit of that. When he said crank him into the... Character into the camel clutch is because Soldier Boy, like his one and a half song he's known for, was known was called "Crank That Soldier Boy." I remember because I used to hear that bullshit all day from fucking middle school. But uh, come on, Soldier, don't 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 do that. Don't do it. First of all, first of all, Sheik, yeah, see, Sheik proves that's how you insult somebody. <laughs> come on, and I love how like the only thing he can do is just throw the same insult back at him by calling him Iron Bitch. That's how you know somebody ain't built for this world. Like, yeah, right? Like, what is that? Like, motherfucker, we don't do no throwbacks. He's like, no, you fucking upgrade or you shut the fuck up. So, point. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> dark side of the uh, of the ring came back. 
I don't know if you, you watched the first episode. Well, I didn't know the first one came out yet. Did it come yeah, back? Let me make sure that I'm not misquoted, because then I'll get angry tweets if I was if if I was wrong about that shit. Let me look on the. I talk. know. I know it's not too far from getting ready to come back. Yeah, because I'm shooting right now. I didn't have it in front of me in the program. That's just why I knew where I was going next. Okay, so apparently, no, I don't know if it came out or not. Let's see. Well, I, I think it might have, but apparently, uh, it turns out that it's about Jimmy Snooker and he had a secret marriage. What the fuck? Yeah, apparently he was married to Gina Hernandez's mother for ten years without anyone knowing. So, huh. uh, and her, wow, and Gina Hernandez's mother, her mother's father was married to Snooker's mother. I'm not good with family trees, but there's something really weird there. Hold on. Let's try this one more time. People probably think I'm okay. stupid, but I just need a minute. <laughs> so let me see if I'm see trying if to understand this. Snooker married Gina Hernandez's mother, Patrice Aguirre. Patrice Aguirre, her father, was married to Snooker's mother. Yeah, that's just fucking weird, right? I don't know. I'm not mapping yeah. it. It's just, it's just not, that's not, that's strange. It, wow. Uh, it... <sighs> And and Gina Hernandez was a girl that he was married to last, right? I guess. She's quoted as saying that uh, when I met Snook at the matches and he asked me for a date, he would always, when we were together, he would call his mother, Louise, who always talked to me on the phone. So I think he went to Japan on a wrestling tour and his mother, I convinced her to come to see me in Houston. And she came to see me and my father came in town. The three of us went out and the first night we went out, they danced. I didn't know my father could dance like that. She came back to the table. And we went to the ladies' restroom. She said, Patricia, your bloody father just asked me to marry him. And I said, what? Y'all only, known e- y'all only known each other. And she was a beautiful lady. She was from Fiji, so they got married. Okay. That's the way the transcript reads. I didn't make a mistake there. I guess she trailed off <laughs> after they, y'all only known each other. Well, that's different. And then she goes, I was married 10 years to Jimmy Snook. I just found out recently that he passed away and felt very bad because he was, regardless of what people said about him about the time he married me was the time that they say he killed some woman or something. Oh, you shouldn't probably have not pointed that out in this. That's interesting. That was very hard because he was around Micah. He was around me. Gina didn't particularly care for him to be around me, but he was always so kind. Just one of the sweetest persons I ever met. And his mother too. His mother ended up being my father's wife. So we were just one big, happy family. Okay, sure. Um, And this was all in secret. How the fuck do you do that for 10 years in secret? Right. Do you see what you were missing out on by being born in this generation, Destin? In the past, when we didn't have, when we didn't have mobile phones and we didn't have uh, internet, people were so disconnected that you could literally just go to a different state and have a fucking different family. Nobody fucking You could save your game and then load in a different one. And no one would say shit. No one would know. You could literally. I wonder if there were men who took advantage. They would go to state to state and just have a. This is my New York family. This is my Tampa family. <laughs> this is my Tallahassee family. There's no way nowadays with Instagram and the internet and shit, you'd be fucked. That's because people nowadays can't shut the fuck up. So. A secret whole family. Would you be able to pull that shit off now? No, I don't think you'd be able to pull that shit off now. You know, somebody go fuck up and pull the wrong thing or I'm pretty sure you can't do it because apparently someone tried. I wasn't planning this segue, but I just looked on the program and here it is. Perfect segue. Jason Jordan. Oh, fuck. Did you hear about this one? 
I've been hearing about this one here and there. Here and there. My man has a bunch of shit. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Here and there. He has like a whole biography on this. So anyway, April Everhart, who's Jason Jordan's wife, she tweeted out on Instagram or Instagrammed out, if you or one of your friends slept with my husband, please keep it to yourself. I can't handle it anymore. He's all yours. And a lot of people found that to be an interesting uh, message. And uh, what basically happened was uh, another post was discovered from someone named CJ Daring. And she said, I have been sleeping with Nathan since 2015. I was pregnant in 2018, but had an abortion because I was not ready to be a mother. He is an excellent lover, but I couldn't bear to continue sleeping with a married man. Ah, yeah. And as Ringside reports, remember that this is all allegedly. So you got to take it with a grain of salt. And I did take it with a grain of salt. Then I saw another post from his wife. (laughs) And she said, I don't know if people feel like they're helping me. But when I've received dozens of names, messages, pictures, and videos. It's just too much. I am only a human. I really just can't take anymore. Once I heard and videos, I cringed. It was like, oh, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I wish you could see my face. When I- <laughs> like I always tell you guys, I say everything allegedly and I take everything with a grain of salt up to a point. He better fucking hope she's bluffing on those videos. Ooh. How how fucking dirty is the stuff you're doing on the road? Like how active are you with women that apparently she's tired of getting contacted by various women one of them claimed to have an abortion and she's getting sick of all the pictures and videos like what are you doing that motherfucker living that motley crew life yeah but don't you know the cameras in the rooms i feel like this is like that situation you see on maury where like the guy gets caught with a decoy and it's like motherfucker did you not know there was a camera there like how you fuck up that bad <laughs> i mean the only thing that would be worse if he was caught on camera doing things where he was talking shit about white people <laughs> brother oh. <laughs> oh, I can't. oh, I can. I can't believe you fucking worked a whole good segue into that. That's fucking terrible. Oh, God. I don't know what's going on, Jordan. I, <laughs> I was taking it with a grain of salt right up until that last post, and then I just put the brakes on. Not saying that I'm not still, <laughs> not saying that I'm not still, um, rooting for him, but at the point where she was like, oh, and I'm so sick of the pictures. I was like, uh oh. And videos, oh. <laughs> like it's not funny i don't mean to laugh it's just like oh my god she didn't even say it like it was a revelation she said like how like like she's been dealing with it so long it's just an everyday thing and all these videos she said that shit like it's like spam email it's a good looking wife too if she cut the bangs yeah you know she looks to a little bit too much like my from dragon ball with the fucking oh. <laughs> Hey, Mai was a ride or die, all right? If you would look like anybody, you look like a ride or die. Yeah, I mean, I could do a Mai, but she looks a, like a lot like Mai. Let them grow, what, like past her eyes? Oh, I thought she was going for like a weird look. Like a cousin it, it type thing or something. No. <laughs> no. I like no. it. I like the Mai look. She does have a Mai look, though. All right, well, any thoughts on that? What do you, you, you were creepily quiet Woo! in regards to uh, what, what happened to Jason Jordan. I, I wasn't prepared for the talk of videos. I was like, oh, I've heard, I've, I've heard of like somebody hooking up with somebody else's spouse and then sending pictures. But I'm like, we doing videos now? Like, it's like I fucking seen in Jarhead. Like, good Lord. Yeah, tell me about it. 
I'm just cherry picking stuff from our program since I didn't come in here with an order of mine. Here's, here's something a little bit different. Marvin Hagler, marvelous one. They don't, don't call him Marvin Hagler. The story should call him the marvelous one. But marvelous Marvin Hagler has passed away. Yep, 66 years old. A uh, few things stood out to me about this story, and there's a reason I'm bringing it up. Um, let me see real quick, because I remember reading this before. At the time that he was in the ICU... Uh, Tommy Hearns, who was one of his boxing rivals, I guess he knew him personally. He posted this on Instagram. This is, keep in mind, this is before the guy died, before we knew he was going to die. I guess it happened suddenly afterward. So he posts, a real true warrior. Pray for the king and his family. He's in the ICU fighting the after effects of the vaccine. He'll be just fine, but we could use positive energy and prayer for his full recovery. So uh, that was posted before he he died. One of the boxing journalists, Michelle Phelps, tweeted out uh, that message. And then basically people started accusing them of using Hagler's death for an anti-vaxxer agenda, basically to try to give the vaccine a bad name. You know, like this guy's dying and, you know, someone said, oh, you know, we're just going to do that. Uh, But Michelle Phelps, who's the person, the journalist who who, uh released this information she said i'm not pushing anything it's what tommy said was the cause so if tommy had said it was a heart attack would you have been mad even if it wasn't fully confirmed because that's their issue with her that she released information that wasn't fully confirmed and i agree with her if you talk to someone who's close to the person that's in the hospital and they say look the person had a stroke when was the last time that you ever heard did you confirm it usually you'd be like close friend of family said it was a stroke and that would be it but because they said that it was a vaccine after effect everybody's like sort of calling her out and saying that it's unprofessional journalism because she reported that the friend close to the situation released an Instagram tweet stating that it was a vaccine effect. She's not even the one who released the tweet. She's the one who pointed out the tweet. How can they not even upset at the guy who released it, which they don't even have a right to be? Because if that's what he's saying, that's what he's saying. It's just right. weird, right? That It makes zero sense. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. They didn't say what vaccine, though. They just said after effect from the vaccine. I'm going to just go ahead and just say that it's probably not the fucking flu vaccine that gave him the after effects. Am I an anti-vaxxer? No, absolutely not. Am I a pro-vaxxer? No. I kind of handle vaccine the way I handle religion. I'm just going to kind of see how this whole thing plays out. You know, (laughs) that's the best way that I can put it. I'm yeah. Just, yeah. It's like I'm not gonna be like, you're full of shit. No, you're full of shit. Oh, but you're the real you know look, look I, I dude, I'm I've I'm only a, been here. I'm a I mean, who's right now. I I've only been here a few decades. How dare you put the responsibility of, of that on me? <laughs> you crazy? We say that our God comes from here. No, we say that he came from well he cast us. It's like, dude, I've been here a few decades. Yeah, I wasn't there around there. You know, I wasn't I wasn't even around when, when San Martino was champion. Are you going to ask me about the existence of mankind? I have no fucking idea. None. I hope God's a nice guy. I'm optimistic of it, but cautious. Free Wi-Fi up there, but no. Yeah, I hope there's Wi-Fi too. But I, that whole thing of, oh, I think it was like this. No, it has to be. I have no idea. And that's what I'm doing with the vaccine. Do I think that it, you should get it? Do I think that that's why Marvin Hagler? I have no idea. It wouldn't surprise me if the statement has already been redacted. Just by the pressure of people not wanting to be canceled, it wouldn't surprise me if the guy who released this and the journalists and everyone's apologized, even though they didn't do anything wrong. Because again, people are, and this is the reason I pointed this out in the beginning of the story, that guy released that post before he knew the guy was going to die. He just happened to say, hey, listen, this guy's in the hospital. 
he has this issue, pray for him, but he's going to be fine. It's just sad side effects. Like when you read it, that's what he said. He's going to be fine. It's a side effect of the vaccine. Then the guy died. So do at your own risk. Anything. Don't forget, even if you were going to take like a drug to just regulate your fucking shit breaks, it would say something like warning may have may may cause blindness, seizures, loss of vision, loss of memory, loss of identity, loss of mutant powers, all kinds of shit. And that's just something that's like a stool softener. I'm just metaphoring. I don't know if there's a stool softener. But I'm just saying. So imagine something that's just been out for the little bit of time that this thing's been out. And you're just going to be like, sure, I'll put that in my arm, even though it kills someone who is marvelous. Allegedly. What do you think? Are you pro-vax, anti-vax? Um, just here. <laughs> I'm like, if you get it, cool. If you don't, I. It's I say it's a choice thing. I I think I'm more anti-gun because I've always said I'm not a fan of guns. But the reason why I bring that up is because despite being anti-gun, like I don't walk around with a bulletproof vest. You know, I could probably get one. But even though I don't like guns, I would never get a bulletproof vest and then be like, Destin, you need a bulletproof vest. And Stasis, you should get one. How come you didn't? Hey, Willie in the chat, how do you have a bulletproof vest when you go out? And you don't, what an asshole Willie is. EB2, no fucking bulletproof vest. Fuck him. George, no bullet, bulletproof vest. Fuck that guy. I thought you guys don't like guns. That's sort of how the vaccine's being lot, like, like rationalized. It's like, if you, if you, if you don't, don't want to take it, you're an asshole. <laughs> It's just such a weird way to think of things. Like maybe I'm just skeptical. Maybe I don't like taking normal. I don't even like Nyquil. <laughs> you know, it makes you feel weird, doesn't it? It's like who wants that? I'd rather be sick. All the while you got bitches coughing on people in Uber cars and shit like that. Yeah, I hate I hate medicine. You know, if you're gonna just like at that point just do recreational drugs, you probably feel better just by default. <laughs> <laughs> you know? If you think this shit over the counter is going to make you feel better, then this shit is going to make you fly. Because when you really think about it, at the end of the day, we don't have a cure for the common cold or any of these diseases. All we have, all over the counter medicine does is it masks the symptoms. Mask the symptoms. Think about that. People never really think about what these things do. When you take like NyQuil or Robitussin or Alka-Seltzer Plus or any of that shit, you're not actually better. What it's doing is it's making your body numb to the senses and nerves that tell you how fucked up you are for a limited amount of time. It's a literal drug. It has the same function as a drug that you would take, except that you're allowed to take it. You're not actually better at all. That's why you got to keep taking it. It's just masking your symptoms until you're all right. Tony Montana did a whole shitload of cocaine before they started shooting him at the top of that mansion. And that's the only reason why the bullets didn't hurt. The bullets actually fucking hurt it. He just couldn't feel it. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much what NyQuil is on a smaller scale. So... The sad part is, you know, somebody out there is going to hear this first thing they think because, hey, if I take enough NyQuil, I could take bullets like Tony Montana. I was actually thinking that somebody on here is going to be like, who the fuck's Tony Montana? <laughs> They're already Googling. Tony Montana, sometimes, that's the guy in Scarface? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I forget my age. It's like, I'll, I'll, I'll bring out a reference and, and just be like, what? Or you could say Al Pacino. Now, before y'all out there Google it, it's the same person. Looks <laughs> Al Pacino. That's why I draw the line. Like, that's why I draw the line. That's an awkward friendship. When someone says, who's Al Pacino to me? Like, at that point, it's like, wait, how fucking old are you? Get out of here. Let me see some ID. We should <laughs> get Marvin. real one, not the fake one. Yeah, we need to get Marvin off the screen for the But yeah, rest in peace, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. And I, I, I hope it wasn't anything uh, related with the Kuv, the Kuvac. But from what we're hearing... Fightful Select is reporting that Vince McMahon 
has uh, gotten particular, quote unquote, gotten particular about what wrestlers being safe during a pandemic is. And uh, apparently someone was at a theme park without a mask and it set Vince off. And uh, he basically made it clear that he doesn't want wrestlers taking risks like Vince pissed off. He's like, look, wear a mask and don't slap your leg. Those are the two things that he wants. I can't believe you want to slap your leg back <laughs> You know, wear a mask and don't slap your leg. Uh, and we're also hearing that uh, a lot of the WWE staffers have been losing their spots. That's a nice way of saying like the thing that gets them money, like their jobs. Mm-hmm. It, when they get caught not wearing a mask. It's weird. That's such a different from the WWE that we had in the, like a year ago that almost seemed like they didn't think that this was a thing. The, 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 the WWE that was like, this shit will blow over next Tuesday. Remember them? This WWE is like, we'll take your fucking job if we see you without a mask. Yeah, well, you have about 17 different fucking outbreaks. Yeah, that'll get you kind of edged up a little bit. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that uh, there's zero tolerance to that. Probably they don't have the refs wearing masks, you know? Apparently, they also, WWE recently has told uh, NXT superstars that they need to quarantine. This happened today. That's kind of an interesting thing to say. Well, you need to quarantine. It's being reported that there's some fear that another outbreak's coming after a meeting on Thursday that many performance center trainees were forced to attend. So what I'm getting from this story is that they had some sort of a meeting, and I guess someone from that meeting tested positive. And there were a lot of people there. So now a lot of people from NXT were told to quarantine for the time being. And this is going to lead to significant changes in NXT. And uh, some have been told to quarantine and some have been pulled from the show altogether, according to Fightful. Oh, geez. Yeah, I guess that would make me have people wear masks. I hope that wasn't the only thing that triggered it. Right. That's the last thing NXT needs is another outbreak. Yeah, really. Because, uh, yeah, they're taking all these precautions. And this is because of the fact that WrestleMania is once again going to be an open-door event. You know? Like, they're going to be selling tickets to uh, to WrestleMania. So I guess they don't want anything bad to happen leading into that event. This is And this isn't just, like, a minor big event. WrestleMania is going to be the biggest event since before COVID. They're going to have 45,000 fans. So one of the reasons why they might be being careful... Is because they're about to roll the dice big time. 45,000 fans. Tickets are going on sale Tuesday. They go from $35 at the bottom, which isn't too bad. Highest being two. Finish the number for me. 100. <laughs> 2,500. <laughs> That's funny. You must be right down there, right? Oh, my God. Like, you got to be right in the front for 2500 I mean, at that point, I want to at least be able to cop a boob feel from somebody. Right. Be like that one kid that slapped Alexa Bliss on the ass. Anything. 2500 You you motherfuckers get somebody close enough for me to cop a big a boob feel. I don't care if it's Big E. 2500 I'm, get, I'm getting something out of this. <laughs> it took a second for that one to sink in. I don't care if it's Big E. What? <laughs> right but no 2500 ridiculous man and uh yeah forty-five thousand people is what they're aiming for this is going to be at the raymond james stadium this is a two-day event nfl did twenty-five thousand when we had the super bowl this year 
65,890 is the capacity for the stadium. So he's basically dropping it by uh, about 20,000. Also, uh, they released information saying that the events are going to be using seating in pods. And these pods are going to be one to six people per pod. The pods have to be purchased in their entirety and can't be divided. Tickets in a pod can't be sold or transferred to anyone other than the family, trusted acquaintance who have been chosen to attend that event together unless all of the tickets, the entire pod meaning, are sold and transferred to one party. Otherwise exempted by law, guests have to wear face masks and, of course, the local venue rules apply. So they're going to be in pod. They're pod people again. I mean, I guess it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, everybody gets a coal mine. Mm-hmm. They should let people have an elimination chamber like that, right? You hit a turn, 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 and like any pod can open. Any pod. Oh. <laughs> oh. You could become part of the action. This is the this is the 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 Earth version of the Dark Tournament. <laughs> tell you right now, you see what happens when all certain marks like try to jump in and attack a wrestler. See what happens when that shit gets encouraged. Unbelievable. But in regards to the leg slap, we keep going back to the leg slap. I don't know why. But it's uh, so weird. apparently we're being told and they're giving us hints. We don't know who it was, but we know that the person who did the leg slap that pissed off Vince is from SmackDown and it's a big name. I don't know if they mean in their size or in their popularity. I mean, it is SmackDown. So I would guess in their popularity because they don't have big, it's, it, we, AEW is the only people who let big people do super kicks and moonsaults and Spanish flies and corkscrew moonsaults and <laughs> all that other shit. So... Who does a super kick that you think would have pissed him off? Could it have been Jay, maybe? I would think a bigger name. Hmm. Like, don't Tony con me. I said a big name and you gave me Jay. I mean, hey, that motherfucker hanging around with the Universal Champion every week. So, I mean, main event Uso something. No, I'm kidding. Uh, hmm. You got to be careful with that main event Uso shit because if Roman gets mad at him, he'll become Jobber Jay. Yeah, well, he better keep his ass happy. He better rub his feet and his neck and everything. <laughs> uh... Huh. Ziggler. I, I I could see it being Ziggler. Yeah, Ziggler overselling ass, maybe. Yeah, it's probably Ziggler. Yeah. You know, because I, I almost thought Owens, but then it's like, no, Owens would be a little bit more, would be a lot more careful about something like that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Might be Ziggler. Good old Ziggler. All right, well, there was a lot of audio released this week where Paul White finally came forward. Uh, and spoke on oral sessions with Renee Paquette, a.k.a. Renee Young, about why he uh, transitioned from WWE over to AEW. But I figured most people are probably going to be running that audio, and I'm kind of sick of doing the same shit all the drums are going to do. So I found one about him getting hit with an F5 so hard he shit his pants. We'll go with that instead. This story is awesome. <laughs> because it is worst case scenario with Brock. I think mean, I guess like city's bad. Imagine if this sh- literal shit happens to you. Cape Town had some bad food. Oh, God. And this is back when I had the, the leather pants. You know, thank God. I hit that mat and that just <laughs> covered me. He goes, oh, you shit. I said, yeah. He goes, ah, you shit. You know what I mean? And then while I'm laying in the ring after the F5, he keeps stepping around my stomach like he's trying to make more come out. So he had dumped Paul Heyman in the ring, too, right? So the thing was, is that was the finish, and then I would usually get up, come to, pull Paul out, throw Paul over my shoulder, and carry Paul out. That was 
the end of the night for the heels, we were totally humiliated. You know, this night I was humiliated. So Paulie's laying there, he goes, You gotta carry me to the back? I'm like, No. What do you mean? You're not gonna carry me to the back? I shit myself. What? I shit my pants. I can't hear you. What? I shit myself. Oh, okay. Are you all right? Oh my God. <laughs> Just an emodium in your pair of pants. Yeah, no problem. Right? Yeah. So meanwhile, I'm the guy out the back of the arena with a hose holding off my pants, like you know, like. Thank God they were leather. Oh my God. Whoa. I love the Brock was like ah ha 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 ha. Start trying to stomp him. Trying to do more like that's fucked up. Yeah, I came up with that name. Brock Lesnar taking him to suplex shitty. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> so I'm getting suplex shit. He must be the gal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What the hell is this uh, WWE's most wanted treasures? Is this a TV show? I guess. I think it's something that's supposed to be coming out on the network, I guess. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing about this and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck it is. Let's take a look here. The original Kane mask. If he had that, it'd be awesome. The original Mankind shirt. That's out there somewhere. The most iconic items in WWE history are missing. So we're sending out the greatest WWE legends of all time to search for memorabilia they made famous. For everyone around the world to see so all of us can relive this. The A&E Original Series, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures, Sunday, April 18th at 10 on A&E. So they send the legends to travel the world, or is it fucking Carmen San Diego? And look for their own shit. <laughs> You're right, and look for their own shit. Why would it be missing? I, maybe the PC guy got into the freaking WWE vault. I don't know. Mm. Okay. You gonna watch it? <sighs> the curiosity in me has me wanting to at least try the first episode and then see how I feel. Gotcha. Fuck it, I might do it. Yeah, not me. But you can review it for me. I'll happily yeah. be there for the review. Oh, yeah, that's what I do. Anyway, in other news, CM Punk recently commented because of something with Joey Ryan, because Joey Ryan filed a bunch of lawsuits against people that accused him during the speaking out movement. And uh, he won a lot of them. And apparently what happened was he wound up dropping the lawsuits against the accusers. And he said, I filed to dismiss the Pennsylvania lawsuit, too. We're all struggling with mental health, myself included. Him and I will never agree as to the events in 2013, but I could be more sympathetic. I went through something similar in 2018, and I understand his pain. And then apparently it's reported that he put a Bible verse at the end of that. And then uh, CM Punk tweeted to him and he said, dismiss it with prejudice if you mean what you say. So I, I guess he wants him to dismiss it with president, with, with prejudice. Um, I've, it's weird that Punk would, would get involved with, like with that, right? Right, that's so out of nowhere. Like, so dismissing something with prejudice, basically meaning what? Essentially, like he still doesn't agree with it, but he's letting it go. That's the only thing I could think of. Hmm. It's just weird. Like, I ne- I never see Punk like just get involved in anything. Yeah, like this was so like this wasn't even like left field. This was like the field across town. Like, came out of nowhere. Apparently, when a case is dismissed with prejudice, the plaintiff is barred from filing a lawsuit on the same issue at a later date. I oh, see. Okay, that yeah, that makes more sense. So, so he's he pretty dismissed- much like, if you're gonna do this, you shut that door for good. That makes sense. 
if you mean what you said, dismiss it with prejudice. So that means you can't change your mind and try to reopen this later on. So then Joey Ryan responded to CM Punk and said, I meant what I said more than than you meant what you said when you told your best friend that you'd cover his legal fees. Damn. Like, we're going to bullshit, Joey. I guess that's where that story ends for the timing. I didn't look at their accounts to see if that kept going. I kind of hope it doesn't. Jeez. That's just going to get ugly at that point. See how much harder this job is once you have Twitter. Like when we didn't have Twitter a few years ago, at least there was Twitter, but the wrestlers didn't discover it yet. It was just like, you know, G4. <laughs> but back <laughs> back when, uh, before they discovered Twitter, we could get the show in and out, maybe an hour, hour, 30 minutes. Now it's like everybody has something to say and they're all going to get an opportunity to say it. There's no filter. We are the filter. Incredible. There's more Twitter battles going on too here. What's this one? Because apparently, what do we have here? This is from uh, Matt Cardona and EC3. They hate each other too? The fuck? Let's see what happened here. So, Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, put down, One year ago, I had my last WWE match. Like a true pro, I put over the rising star on my way out of the territory. Very happy for Bobby Lashley for becoming WWE champion. He deserves it, and he earned it. So then EC3... Tweets, Lashley is one of the toughest men I have ever fought. You are not. Hashtag warned. Out of nowhere. Oh, he's just slinging mud. And then uh, Zack Ryder then goes, the only, the only thing tough about you is that it's tough to get through your poor me videos on the internet. We get it. You got fired. I did too. Move on, bro. Find some happiness. I did. Start collecting toys, cards, cats, something. <laughs> Winner. Cardona. <laughs> Holy Start collecting toys, cards, cats, something. I was about to say cats. Cats. <laughs> you know, in my perfect world, he's he's talking about that freaking promo between Hardy and EC3, where Hardy was like, "I'll eat you and I'll eat your cats." Dude, I told you when I when I watched that uh when I watched that Ring of Honor where he was on commentary that it was awkward as fuck. Just the oh, way dude, he was like. Weird. Uh, he was just talking about his like a, like a lost soul type shit, you know, and it was awkward for everybody that was there. Weird as hell. But anyway, look at that man. More Twitter. Just to have a milkshake. <laughs> Virgil just released stuff on okay, social media. At this point, he must know, right? Like that he's uh that 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 he's like trolling, like he's embracing the gimmick of being Virgil. So in my perfect world. Yeah, but what frightens me is I feel like in reality, he really takes this shit seriously. It looks like he photoshopped himself onto the generic graphic of whenever a WWE person's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And then he put blessed. Can't wait to be part of the 2021 class of all my accomplishments this month. This has been one of them. I have been to the top of the mountain, to the back of the parking lot, waiting for this as one of the things that will allow me to eat more beef and forevermore. Between me and slamming Andre, ending Goldberg streak, inventing the NWO, and having a relationship with major guns, my my life feels average at best. Let's get that brass onion ring. Okay, now I know he's trolling. Clearly. <laughs> what? Good lord. I love when this said back on the parking lot, though. And he's embraced the lonely Virgil gimmick. His best gimmick right, ever. Fuck it, this one, right? Embrace the lonely Virgil. He's got that old talk brush clip on his like list too. <laughs> so uh WWE is going to be uh moving the Thunderdome. We talked about this a few weeks ago. They have to be out 
by April 9th for the Rays game against the New York Yankees. Kind of funny because the dirt sheet, specifically ringside, they kept calling the Rays the Devil Rays in all of these reports that I've been releasing, which I kind of found interesting. I thought, oh, we're going back to that. But then somebody in the comments actually told them, will you stop calling it the Devil Rays? They haven't been called the Devil Rays for years. They've been the Rays. And then I was like, oh, so I was right. It was just so weird that it was called the Devil Rays. But yeah, so now I noticed good, good, good rings. How you put it back to the Rays proper. But Rays versus Yankees, uh, April 9th, uh, meaning the April 5th episode of Raw would be the last one. And uh, it's the Youngling Center. The Youngling Center? Am I saying it right? I think it's Yuling. It was formerly known as the USF Sundome, the Yuling Center. It's in the it's on the campus of the University of South Florida in Tampa. So that's the next location for the Thunderdome. They keep moving that thing everywhere that they can, right? Oh, very cool. Yeah. I wonder if it's gonna look the same or it's gonna be maybe a slightly bigger or different looking Thunderdome. I think they try their best to keep it look as much the same as possible because they never like to say their location. So yeah. they wanted to just look like, like they didn't even mention when they moved the last time. So, you know, Chris Jericho recently was on social media on Twitter. And uh, Jericho has always been one of those people that likes to acknowledge uh, everyone in the company that he works in, including the backstage help, the truck people and all of that stuff. So he gave some long overdue credit where credit is due. Uh, to AEW's Master Seamstress. You guys watch AEW, you might notice that there's like a style to the way the outfits look uh, and just the quality of the outfits and things of that nature. Main reason behind that is because AEW Seamstress uh, is responsible for making all of these outfits look the absolute best. Uh, and Jericho just kind of stopped by and acknowledged it, which I thought was really cool. Uh, so this is a video of Jericho uh, just bringing credit and attention to uh, AEW's official seamstress of uh, Sandra Gray. So here's Jericho and Sandra. So I thought there'd be some dialogue here. I stood quiet waiting for something to break in, but no, I guess just him showing him showing her doing her work. You know that she was the uh, seamstress for WWE for many years, right? Yep, I remember her. I heard the name and I was like, I wonder if that's the same Sandra. Yep, that's Sandra. She retired, though, from what I remember. It's not like they got rid of her, right? Didn't she retire? I don't know. I feel like they really got rid of her, but I don't remember. It's been a while, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. So <laughs> She looks good. I remember years ago seeing her. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Not at all. Anybody? Everybody got a job. They retired her. Yeah, that's what they do, right? They retire people. But, yeah, uh, 
I feel like it's first of all it's really cool with Jericho doing that because I feel like the seamstress is like one of those people that never really gets enough credit when it comes to some of these people. Like they put all these guys stuff together. So who does WWE's? I have no idea. Isn't that weird? I don't even know, know if they mentioned whoever replaced Sandra. You notice that the people that used to work for WWE, like when we were teenagers and kids, like we knew all of them and took it for granted. Like we knew Mike Kyoto, we knew Sandra the Seamstress, we knew Jan, like we knew everybody. And like they replaced them with people that they never introduced us to anymore so that they're just Seamstress, Ref, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. make of, like before felt more of like a family type deal, right? Like you knew, you knew all these people. And like now who, who does, isn't it weird to be like, who does this and you don't know? Right. Oh, right. It is Sasha's husband. Isn't he the seamstress now? Is he? Mikazi. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. It was. Well, was he the seamstress or? or uh, I think he might be. Or is it just for her? No, I believe he was the seamstress for all of WWE. Mikazi. Yeah. Huh, right. Good memory. I totally forgot about that. That's what he does. Well, there's one guy in the back we know. Oh, there you go. You see, but it's not even thanks to them. It's thanks to fucking Woods. Think about it. You're giving them credit. We wouldn't we wouldn't have no idea who that guy was. If it wasn't for up, up, down, down. It's not even in this current moment. It's thank to George because George is the one who said, "Oh my God, that's great." Yeah, yeah. Thank you, George. But yeah, freaking Mikazi, man. But yeah, when you look at it, up, up, down, down brings to light a lot of things. Remember back, I was the one that was on here back when Rusev was the regular Bulgarian brute that didn't speak English, and he was on up, up, down, down. And I was the one who was like, you know, that guy is hilarious. I was like, it may not look like it, but he's really funny. He plays every game. Like when I remember when, when Woods asked him, like, what games do you have? And he was like, he buys all of them. Like he just buys all the consoles and games that come on. He plays all of them. We were like, what? This guy, the I Bulgarian brute? I remember watching that episode with you and I was like, wait a minute. Where has this been? And I was like, yo, imagine if they just let that guy be that way instead of the guy that they bring out here, which he unfortunately took it to the extreme in AEW. But, you know, somewhere in the middle, there has to be the right route. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, we didn't talk about it last week because it was happening pretty much while we were getting on the air. But did you catch Peyton Royce on uh, Raw Talk? I've heard about this interview, but I've never gotten around to actually like watching it. It's funny how Raw Talk and what was the other one talking smack? Those shows got they got canceled because apparently creative and Vince specifically didn't like these being shows where uh you know, you can just speak your mind or whatever. They felt it to be bad. But it's just gotten to the point where I think they've realized that they're just so much above everyone else that they don't really give a fuck. It's just like, yeah, you could come on here and be like, this company sucks and I hate it here and they're treating me terrible. And I've been on the road 385 days a year and I don't sleep. And they just give me a can of tuna under my hotel room that I have to pay for. And no one gives a fuck. I think WWE starting to realize that we live in a world where unless you do something that's specifically part of the cancel culture guidelines, anything else is free game. So they stopped governing shit like that. Because before that was their problem with talking smack that you could go on there and say some shit that they don't want. But now they don't care. Not like whatever. Nobody's really listening. And those that do, the only place that they're going to go to complain is Twitter. And no one on Twitter has any true power. So now that everyone's complaints are filtered into something that doesn't generate results, we could just keep treating you like shit. What's the worst that someone will do? They'll scream at you on Twitter. It's literally a bottomless pit. But I digress. Peyton Royce, I noticed as I was getting ready to get on the air that she was shooting. Maybe it's a Peyton Royce pipe bomb, some would say. Clearly, it's something that she did by herself because there was no sign of Peyton Royce this week. If this was something that was planned for a storyline, there would have been a Peyton Royce today, right? Right. But then that would have all been playing something for Peyton Royce. So, Anyway, let's see. I want you guys to give me your opinion on this. I'm not here to hide my talents. 
In fact, my talents are hidden behind the opinion of others. But why not just let me go? Just let me go and see what happens. You know, our Raw Women's Champion, Asuka, she's injured right now. And yes, that sucks for her. But when a talent goes down, a spot opens up. And that spot is massive. So why not me? Why does it always have to be the same old, same old? You know, I, I packed up my life. I moved across the world. I set up in a completely different country with, with not much of a support system to chase this dream. To, to what? To get stuck in the locker room watching other women do what I do better than uh, 98% of them. And the other 2%. Well, I'd sure as hell give them a run for their money. It actually hurts. When you know deep in your soul you are destined to be where you are, striving for what you feel you deserve, you know, my potential haunts me. When you're striving for something that you feel you really deserve, this is where I'm meant to be. And my patience has been running thin for quite some time. So stop wasting my time and give me Oscar. Shoot her work. She needs to work on her promos. Shoot, shoot her work. They need to actually fucking try something instead of just bullshit and flicker another tag team. I got to be honest. I wouldn't push somebody after that, though. Like, let's just say that I was like, fine, go out there and say something with a microphone to see what you got. Like, I like now I'd be even further from pushing them. Like, that was like, that sucked. I'd rather try something than be, be lazy like they've been doing with this shit. I mean, she did try something, but it failed. You know, I, in my opinion. Yeah, she, I she, she put more effort than they did. Which this shouldn't be the case. Like if you're the rising, you're the scripters. You put the fucking effort on. Sometimes, especially because when the icon they broke up the iconic and what came up for it. What she was in another tag team. Her tag partner got pregnant, and Billy's on SmackDown, hanging out with the Riot Squad. Sometimes they might just be saving you from yourself. (laughs) Yeah, this company knows how to save people. I I just think in this case, when I listen to her, there, I I got nothing from that. I had that's the first time I heard it in this entirety, and it there was like a long pause. It didn't seem like she had her thoughts completely compiled. Yeah, she was pissed. Well, you gotta be pissed, but you also gotta be ready. You know, that goes with being pissed. I guarantee you right now, if they cut that girl, uh, if they actually let that girl go like she wants to, that girl could probably be great. But no, that doesn't work in their little fucking plans and shit. But I mean, vocally, she she just did let go and she wasn't great. She could be great in the ring, maybe. But vocally, that didn't work at all. She could be great in the ring if they put her in the ring. I mean, at the end of the day, you know what? These little opportunities, as you know, as much as we say that there are opportunities that may be fruitless. We've seen that when you actually utilize them, it could change your life, you know, and the proof of it, CM Punk is the best example of when he sat at the top of the ramp and he did his AJ Lee, when she, when she shadowed over the Bella twins, you know, she talked about her Chuck Taylors, you know, and uh, just how they're divas and their Louis Vuittons and all that shit. You know what I mean? That was another intense pipe bomb that changed her life. Even fucking Drake Maverick, when he cried about the fact that he was let go during the freaking pandemic. The way the the realism of it and the humanity of it literally caused them to give him his job back and push him and put him in a tag team and keep him on every single show since. It proves that even though these opportunities might be set up for you to fail, if you actually convince them in one of these that there's something retainable there, they'll allow you to. And I'm sorry, but I mean, if this was one of those opportunities, if this was her Drake Maverick moment, if this was a CM Punk shoot, if this was AJ Lee freaking Chuck Taylors, then uh, she fucked up. 
I like I I really hope that wasn't her only chance because um it just didn't it didn't vibe well. And then to make matters worse, and this other part of it isn't her fault, but the characters that her and and uh freaking Billy Kay were portraying were very egotistical and cocky and self centered. And unfortunately, no different than Lana, when you drop the accent, and it's a big risk because now you're abandoning something that's like a character that you're familiar with. It's in the, it, now it's going to be hard to go back to ever being those characters because you basically had to beg for your fucking jobs every week. Whenever I saw you, you were in character begging for your job with job application and out of character, you were on Raw Talk shoot begging for your job. Every version of you that I know is a fucking beggar now that begs for your job. The character, literally. You know, and you literally like they should beg for her, like every version of her hard to recover from something like that. Even if they decide it right now, fuck it. She's the champion. How like, like, how am I ever going to? And if that and that's me, who I can see the different layers of this. How is anyone ever going to take this character seriously again? When all I know her for is begging for her job, <laughs> you know, it's sad, but uh, that's unfortunate. I think raw talk, though, and, and, and talking smack, those are true opportunities for people to uh, get a chance. And this sucked. George says, when Natalia does something like that, I, 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 I believe it. Not her, though. Yeah. I mean, Mike's, Mike's skills aren't everybody's forte, and I think in her case, she just wasn't one. I always liked them. I think that where they were was really good, but I think that they left her in limbo, and it's a limbo that she can't recover from right now. That doesn't mean that it's that way in the long term. But if I'm looking at this from a booking perspective and I'm looking at this from a WWE perspective, one thing WWE can't stand is depending on people to be a tag team. Because if one person goes down, they lose a two-person act. And that always fucks them, which is why Vince has always hated tag teams. This was more than a fucking tag team. This was almost a codependency, I venture to say. You know what I mean? These are two people that lived together their entire life. Their relationships were almost codependent. You know what I mean? And I kind of feel like, not that it was a bad thing, because the act was really good. But from WWE's perspective, they might have wanted to see what these girls can do if they don't constantly have to play off of one another. Was that a good call? In my opinion, no. Because they can't do shit without playing off of one another. You kind of expose their weakness. When Paul Heyman's rule has always been, you know, to accentuate the positives and hide the negatives, it's kind of like I now know that they're not worth a shit separately. But I shouldn't know that because if you didn't expose them, this wouldn't be happening right now. But WWE, as usual, just has to touch shit just for the sake of touching it. You know, I don't need if to something see... something works, don't fucking touch it. Yeah, it's kind of like if I just... Like slaps work, don't fucking touch them. If that's like if I had a... Work, don't fucking touch them. Yeah, oh, this computer's really nice. Let me just pour water out to see if it's waterproof. Oh, shit, it wasn't. You know, a computer was good, but it wasn't don't, fucking waterproof. Fucking yeah, like, they just seem to just try to break things. You know, it's kind of like... Imagine if in the Attitude Era they would have done this. Kind of like, man, Road Dog and Billy Gunn are really good. But imagine road dog with fucking. But let's see, how, let's see how good they are. <laughs> All right, and you know sometimes they try things like that and they would immediately have to fix it. The difference with this company is they're stubborn; they don't fix it back. Call it stubborn. I call it fucking stupid. Don't fucking touch it. <laughs> it's basic shit. You tell like a three year old, don't touch it. What do they do? Touch it. Like no, no, no. But again, this might just be a they, matter they, of they not caring. Don't touch it, or they don't. I started out upset at them, but then I kind of left off upset at uh upset at uh freaking her just because they did give the opportunity there, man. You know, I I know I I know that at the same time you feel like they cheated her, but but that was it. You know what I mean? You're not gonna get you a bunch of those. That's the only main reason I'm not mad at her though. The bitch cried. She can sit on her ass or she can try. At this point in this company, I'd rather try and fail, but at least have some kind of opportunity to try. Whereas we have what? How many people now just 
not here. Freaking Andrade wants to leave. Not doing shit. Black, we don't know where the fuck he's going. Not doing shit. I guarantee they'd be glad to have that opportunity on Raw Talk, but it's like, no, they just don't do shit with people. And it's like, if this is something where they've had plenty of time to see the girl's not good on the mic, do something. The fuck have they been doing? No, they stuck her in another tag team, and then they haven't done shit with her since. Like, there's certain shit that, like, a competent company should be able to figure out by now. This company has the habit of whenever you don't know how to do the thing they want you to do, they just don't want you to do anything. Let's not forget, as much as they will rest in peace, Luke Harper, the whole reason why they didn't want to push him was because he couldn't do a hillbilly accent. It didn't matter he was intelligent. It didn't matter he was talented. It didn't matter he was good in the ring. They were stuck on the fact that he couldn't be a hillbilly. Like, think about that. Child shit. Like, how do you just not get over that? The motherfucker has one of the best discus clotheslines in the game, but he can't go, ah, yuck, yuck. Really? Yeah. They do such stupid shit, I can't even blame the superstars anymore. Because all their, because somebody going on to Raw Talk with bad mic skills has a little bit more thought than he can't do a hillbilly access, so we're not pushing him. Yeah. Can't argue with you there. That, 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 like, for, for, for people always wonder why like, I, when I, I come on them, I, when I go on to them so fucking hard, it's because there's so much dumb shit that adds up. And it's not even like it's major, it's little shit that it's like, you just tweak that a little to the left, and problem solved. He can't do a hillbilly accent? Don't stick him with a hillbilly gimmick. It's like rocket science. <laughs> how... How is it? How how am I a cook in Burger King and understand that more than this multi million dollar company? I don't get it. Okay, well, <laughs> they may not care. I keep telling you, it's not a matter of not getting it. They may not care. Some days, some days, some days, I feel like not caring is almost giving them too much credit. But I don't even know anymore. They manage to use their resources to make money and profit, no matter how bad the product is. The product is just an after effect. It doesn't have to run good. It just has to run. That's the beauty of their, their position in life. Like, don't you see it? I only see the horror, but yeah. That car runs with shitty brakes. The brakes will suck ass where you have to take that sharp left turn or something. Yeah, no, it's rough, man. I'm telling you. Fucking <laughs> painful. But yeah, I'd like to see some more from her. You know, I'd like to see them hey, push right, her like, or do something else. I, I, I want to see them try something. Because at least then it can be like, hey, she tried and it didn't work. But since you brought him up, I guess we're going to talk about him. Andra- yeah, oh, fucking Andrade, man. Remember that? Remember when Andrade was former NXT champion, and by the way, is a part of NXT history because he was in the first NXT five star match, and then he came up, and we were like, "Holy shit, this guy's gonna be great." Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> vaguely, you guys kept falling for that shit. <laughs> I was like, because, remember, because I wasn't supposed to count them out, Rick. <laughs> I was supposed to believe they had it coming. And that's like that's like if you yeah. you guys you guys did the equivocal to like if you discovered a portal or a gateway to another world and you told everybody it was paradise, but we don't know because everyone we sent to the other side never came back <laughs> to fucking say that they were all right. You go to paradise. How come no one came back to tell me coast is clear? <laughs> you know, everybody from NXT either completely mysteriously vanishes, like Alistair or Black did, suck. or they suck. You take that portal. I'm not going to WandaVision myself. And they wonder why people go other places. They basically said that uh, he's been miserable backstage. They said he looked miserable. I feel like, was he the guy that at one point, it was either him or someone from Lucha House Party where, where Del Rio said that they were miserable, that they didn't say it, but they were miserable and wanted to leave. 
It was, I think it was Kalisto. It might have been Kalisto. Everybody hates it there. Yeah, because you know? if you're not NXT, it sucks ass. He recently registered the trademark La Sombra, you know. That name sounds familiar. Uh, wasn't that his original name? I think, yeah. I think I was, yeah, I think when he, when he still used to wear a mask, I believe he was um, La Sombra. And uh, Charlotte applied for Ashley Flair and the Queen of Wrestling. Hmm. Why would she yeah, need she, trademarks? I mean, she, I know she really wanted um him to basically be paired with her because she's never done anything in like a couples type role. So. Whoa, you, you better hope that they that she doesn't. If, if, if Charlotte left, that would be a disaster. Oh, yeah, they'd be fucked. Game over. <laughs> much as people don't like her can you imagine if shot had left bro but he requested his release because he's miserable and according to f4w online they said the wwe denied his release because they got big plans make him wait <laughs> little coming to america call back there <laughs> why not right I still, get, I, I still gotta see that fucking movie because i've heard it's great like the second the sequel i've heard it's great no, i haven't seen the new one Make him wait. But yeah, so apparently they're going to make him wait. Do you realize that neither him nor Black has wrestled what? Like in, it's been like almost a year, right? It's been somewhere in at least in, I know for Alistair, it's been somewhere in like the six month area almost. Okay, so for him, it was October of 2020 was the last time we saw him. Yeah, so it's been five months, five months to, since yeah. we've seen them. Two former NXT champions. Been five months. Holy shit. Tommy and, and fucking La Sombra. Five months. Oh, boy. Like, what? You know the gold you have sitting right there? Some depressing shit. But there have been some other positions that have been filled in other organizations. Didn't have that good of a segue for this, so I just went there. Did you see what was going on with the Dark Order? I believe this was also a being the elite thing. Oh, I did not I'm not going to spoil it, then. I'm just going to put it on the screen, oh and then we'll, we'll we'll show it afterwards. Oh, I can't wait. Give me a sec here. What's up in the chat? Cabigon. Cabigon. Okay, so this is what we're going to throw up here. You guys are going to love this. <laughs> what a revolution. I mean, oh, that's the name of the people. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very good, dude. Emma won. We had three chances to win, and we lost Every I mean, no, I mean, well, yeah. uh, it at wasn't. least I'm not the dickhead that got eliminated first. Hey guys, guys, who am I? Hey, I'm in the ring. Dude, I'm getting thrown out the ring. Wait, wait, it's kind of all of us. Shut the fuck up! Oh, yeah, five. Chill. I got kicked in the head. Only yell at him. They get so happy when they see Hangman, right? They're like, yay, Hangman. That's like a great. So, like, did we get a number? Did we get a number? Yeah, how much? How many digits? Six, six figures. They don't pay him that much. So, you know, for you. we went ahead. I'm glad it's that much money. Cause He's I, the norm from else. Cheers. <laughs> I went ahead and I bought you 16 <laughs> barrels of whiskey. Yeah. 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 How'd you, how'd you pay for that? 
Yeah, for sure. Oh, so I found your wallet laying in the locker yeah. room. Yeah, yeah. And I knew you were going to win, so I just charged it's, it. You hey, have so much I, money. And I took it and I bought lots of condoms because I'd be fucking. All right, you I will show that to that. What? Dude, John Silver. And then I stole it, and let's just say this. We're going skiing. Yo, by the end of this, he's going to have no money, isn't he? Is that where this is going? Baby, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to burn through one earning like two weeks. It's going to be delicious. 50% off with the cold game. Use the cold cold. It's perfect. We saved the vibes. You're a good guy. You guys got me all this stuff and you charged it on my card? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have no money. Uh, because I need a new lawnmower. Oh, yeah! yeah. yeah. But I, I, I just told him to fuck off with the rest. Just give it away. What? what, what? what? So if you charge it to my card... Give, he got probably, overdrafted. Oh, no. Fucking debt. John, guys. Father, can we be charged to his I didn't know about this. I guess, I guess this is the wrong thing. Fucking John Silver, though. Or either that or the segment's really long. Oh, that, no, here it comes. I'm sorry. Be honest, guys. No woman could ever replace Anna. It's I, true. Um, huh? Who's that? Surprise, motherfucker! Yes. <laughs> That's what I was looking for when Makahito yes. came in. Surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> this bitch she is amazing. Me. Yo, you got all oh my God. Play that part again. Holy shit! Oh man, that was magical. Let me bring that back. <laughs> huh? Who's that? Surprise, motherfucker! Oh my god! Yo, those guys are so funny, man. Right. She fits in good. Surprise, man! This is like a freak. Yo, Anna okay. J's out for for a long time, right? Yeah, after I saw her. Show, she did have successful surgery, but yeah, she's gonna be out for a while. That sucks. But yeah, I remember Maki oh Ito. That's God, one of my that favorites. And Yo, I I don't know who does the music in AEW, but but please, even if you have to bleep it out, have her song start out with just surprise, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Oh so the Bella Twins have been in the news a lot recently. Yeah. Uh, I believe Nikki did an interview. What's her? What's her uh, freaking uh? Husband's name again? It's something with an A. A key because I know he's Artem. Artem la, la something. Yeah, Artem something. Uh, one of the things she talked Artem. Artem. I don't remember the second name. You guys would know it. But yeah, she talked about uh the fact that postpartum sex. I guess they're a lot more open. It's a little bit lazy. Like how, but how she likes missionary because he's a dancer and dancers with hips and missionary is great. And uh, apparently that made headlines. She was talking about her sex life and the fact that she enjoys missionary, but she was saying that she has to stop having a uh, lazy sex, meaning like that they'll marathon, they'll Netflix marathon stuff and then have lazy sex at the end of the night. Uh, she revealed the image of herself and she's pretty much almost back in afterbirth shape. So there it is on the screen looking really, really solid. Yeah, looking good. Yeah, looking really, really good. You got to put her, in some man. work to get back into that good shape after having a kid. Right? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. You know, so they don't paint them on like with Jericho. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm I kid. 
I totally kid. But they have some interesting stuff to say. They've de- they're definitely different from the younger Bellas that you used to know. Because uh, they basically, they were asked about uh, their, their hanging out habits and Bree mode and all of that other stuff. And uh, basically, uh, they said, you know what's crazy is that you and I have kind of scared to bring hard liquor back into our lives. This is what Brie Bella told Nikki. She said, we've done a little bit. Uh, you guys see whenever we do the IGs with our cocktails, Brie and I always ask for half the alcohol. That's the trick. It's not a twin thing. It's a smart thing because you can have two drinks and it's the same consumption as one alcoholic beverage. So, uh, yeah, I just thought it's interesting that like, you know, they were getting to such incredible shape in such a short period of time. And like one of the things that, uh, they've cited from it is that they're scared to go back to hard liquor and i could see why and i'll probably that they probably wouldn't have been possible which she realizes having given birth it probably wouldn't have been possible to attain oh, yeah. that body at a bar you know you can't so, go right back to the sauce and then just fucking get there again yeah no you definitely cannot so t-bar recently and i came across this before it became news i just happened to be on twitter when i scrolled past but he put that the t and t-bar stands for trans rights yeah, I I scrolled past this a couple of days ago, and I was like, okay. And then he said that the B stands for Black Lives Matter. Weird, you know? I thought the B right. stood for bullshit. I'm sick of people pandering. This isn't even about one. He doesn't give a fuck about any of that. That's just pandering. But the biggest problem for me isn't whether or not he virtual signals or panders, because everyone on social media with a presence once, once their ass is kissed. It's, it's more that he's a heel. And not just any heel, the heel at an organization that was essentially designed almost to be like an ISIS-style terrorist organization with the mask and everything else. You're anti-establishment, anti-authority. You're supposed to be feared. You're not going to say Black Lives Matter or Trans Lives Matter or anything like that. Right. Just don't get political on there. Leave that shit for somebody else. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's one of the things that I'm getting annoyed with with this fucking new cancel culture. It's like we got two sides of the spectrum. People that speak and then, oh, they didn't say something that was politically correct. We're going to kill them. Fuck them. But then you get the other side of it where you get people that are that they're just virtual signaling to keep a positive thing. You know, it, whether or not you believe trans lives matter or black lives matter, I don't give a fuck about your preference. And the T and T bar cannot stand for trans lives matter because you can't have an acronym that has more than one thing. It could stand for trans, you know, or trans or, or, or rights. It will be TR bar for it to be trans rights. At least be freaking grammatically fucking correct if you're going to try to be smart. And I just noticed I, I, T bar always posts. You notice he's very controversial on social media. He's all over the place. Like he was saying that people didn't support him when he was, uh, what's his name again? Donovan Dijak. And it's like, motherfucker, the- yes, we did. He's like, people didn't support Donovan Dijak. They only support T-Bar. And all this. It's like, first of all. Complete fucking opposite. Nobody supports T-Bar. We fucking love Dijak. Like, you're making me hate you. Because when you were Donovan Dijak in Ring of Honor, I was there. And I was cool with it. I was the one that didn't like that Dominic Dijokovic bullshit that they did. And then I liked the T-Bar even less. But I've always liked the guy. But it's like, it's weird how he's getting social media heat. Almost like he's in his character. But then he'll go around and do some shit like T-Bar with the T standing for Trans Lives Matter. You're a fucking villain. You're a bad guy in a story. And we all understand that this is scripted. But do you really have to break kayfabe to the point that the villainous character that you are is doing shit like that? Just my just my peeve here. You know what I mean? I just don't need that in... Like, I don't need the character to have that. You know? Am I wrong about this? No, spot fucking on. Like, 
Huh, everybody's so salty on the internet lately. Anyway, so our next story, this involves uh, Tony Khan and AEW. Apparently, there's another uh, show on YouTube. I, I forget the girl's name. Um, I'll link her stuff later on in the uh, or after the show goes off the air. But she does a show similar to us where she puts up clips and she reviews uh, whatever she's talking about in the news. She'll just throw up clips and do random stuff like us or throw up audio drops. And she recently put up a post. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here. But she basically said that, you know, here, AEW, you know, you can have my. Uh, and I almost to me, I perceived this post as a joke. But she said something like here, AEW, you can have my. Uh, what the hell is it called? My monetization, because she got a claim from that where it was like this video has been copyright claimed by AEW. Uh you can still run it, but it'll receive ads. It's a generic thing you get if you've ever run a YouTube channel to say you can receive ads, but but uh, the content and the revenue goes to AEW, which is what's supposed to happen. Now, I'm not sure if she was serious or joking or not. Her name is Girl on Cinema, but she said, here, AEW, take my ad revenue. You obviously need it more than I do, but mark my words, this means war. And this is along with a copyright claim, with the YouTube copyright claim. And, uh, Tony Khan tweeted to her and he said, hi, just saw your tweet. I'm sorry this affected your revenue. Is it possible to review the aforementioned clips like these you've listed? Jericho slash MJF press conference, Jade Shaq versus Cody Red Velvet without illegally pirating videos that I budget millions per month to produce. And uh, she puts a screenshot in response to Tony Khan with the definition of fair use with some parts of it highlighted. Let me see if I could bring the highlight part. One of them being additionally transformative uses uses are more likely to be considered fair. Transformative uses are those that add something new with a further purpose or different character and do not substitute for the original use of the work was something she highlighted, which I don't see honestly how that applies to how she was using the content here in regards to copyright. But here she also highlights such as criticism, comment, news, reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research as examples of activities that may qualify as fair use. Now, there she does have a point. If you're reviewing something, which as you guys know, though, a lot of the um, what culture does that, a lot of places do it. But if you're reviewing something, you, you can have, uh, you have criticism and comments, you can report, whatever. There are cases where you can do fair use. Now, I have not seen her videos myself. You guys can go look up Girl on Cinema if you want. Uh, some people were arguing that the problem is that she's literally running entire matches and just talking over them, uh, which I don't know, because just from the screenshots I've seen, it looked like she had like sort of like a, a regular show set up. She's there at a desk in front of a mic and she's reviewing. I did hear people saying that she's overly critical, that her entire thing is just bashing the product, shitting all over AEW. Uh some people saying that they stream, she streams their content and talks over all their content and on it and uh, that they're glad she's pushing back. Um, they basically said that uh, some people said that they won't, won't watch AEW anymore and that they lost respect for them because they see this as bullying a small YouTuber and a small content creator. But then other people uh, basically said that she doesn't own any of the content. So, uh, she so they don't see what argument she's trying to make here. And it's funny, the person who said, but I don't, I don't, but you don't own any of that content, so I don't see what what argument you're trying to make here. Uh, you're an idiot, and uh, you're just stupid and close-minded, and quite frankly, you always have been, because I know the person who made that comment, and I know that you're an idiot and close-minded, and I hope that you hear this, you close-minded idiot. Not going to say who it is, 
a lot of you probably won't know him. Don't worry. It's not somebody from the airwaves. So don't start letting your mind race. But uh, yeah, because there is a fucking argument here, whether or not uh, it's completely valid, the subjective, but there is a fucking argument here. I hate when people act like there's no argument. Is there an argument towards the fact that she's using copyrighted material in a negative way? Absolutely. That argument exists in every platform, whether you like it or not. But is there an argument towards the fact that she's someone who's creating content and that it falls under fair use? Absolutely. But what I don't like is the fact that once again, we're in a situation where neither side can admit that the other side might exist, let alone might be right. I don't personally know. I'll say this. If she's following the same format as all of the other mainstream YouTube channels that have content, then she's right. You know, if she's not doing anything wrong, she's just sort of reviewing it like everybody else. Or at very least, we can venture to say she's as wrong as everyone else. You know, uh, Matt Hardy, he said some harsh shit. Like he was like, he likes to see like a nobody squashed. I'm paraphrasing, but I, I scrolled past. He said some nasty shit like that. Uh, it, it came off to some people like the AEW people just looking down at somebody. Uh, some people did the whole, I'm just reading comments here. That's how this generation is. They expect to make money off showing other people's content and then get mad when it gets taken down. It didn't get taken down. What she got mad about was that the revenue, because it has stuff of theirs, it gets claimed, which that's a YouTube thing. And honestly, you shouldn't be in this. My argument would be she shouldn't be in this for the revenue. That doesn't look good when you're complaining about the money. If you're going to put there, there's a chance that you may not be able to monetize that video. That's just the way that it works. If you don't like the platform, don't go. I don't fuck with YouTube. I think they're terrible. I'll, 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 I'll take it a step further. Because of the fact that it's so automated, not only do I mess with YouTube anymore, and I won't mention it on here, but I use an app. That not only make sure that their ads don't bother me in the beginning, middle, end, in between any part of the uh, the experience. It even goes as far as the part of the video where the person goes, don't forget to like and subscribe and hit that notification button, ding, ding, blah, blah, blah. It skips that shit. That's how advanced this app is. It skips the intro and the beginning of the videos and it skips the outro and all that other shit. It just gives me the content in the middle, squeezed. Because that, I don't want to give them a fucking dollar. Because I do kind of find it to be a little bit shysty over there. So whenever I do have to watch something, it's the bare minimum. They get the click. That's it. Because I find uh, some of their practices a little dishonest and a little bit too automated. Again, that's me. That's my preference as a viewer, not as a content creator. But my point is that this girl, if she has an issue with their monetization, which has been that way always, uh, you know, just don't use that platform. There's plenty of other platforms. But again, the beginning of this almost sounds like she was just fucking around. Like, this is how it goes. Here, AEW, take my ad revenue. You obviously need more than I do. But more by words, this means war. But at the same time, she's probably just a big troll. And plus, she has a re- she has a wrestling opinion and tits. That's automatically going to make her feel entitled to revenue. <laughs> I hate to say it, but yeah. I tried <laughs> but to keep it together for that part. I couldn't do it. Same thing with a Twitch 3 streamer with cleavage. They're automatically going to be like, where's my revenue? That's the world we live in. It doesn't matter if you're a good right, gamer. It doesn't matter if you're a good content creator. It doesn't matter if you're creative, open-minded. If you look at the different platforms and you understand the premise of games going back 30, 40 fucking years, what matters is that you're with your cleavage. Even Big E will take Big E cleavage. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, sir, will take it, Big E cleavage. I brought the joke back for <laughs> I will have none of it. I had to find a way to <laughs> You know what the sad part about it is? For a minute I saw it coming, but I was like, no, that's too easy. He won't do it. Mommy went a long way for a joke, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> oh shit. I don't know, man. I don't get it. But everyone got really mad. It's it's crazy. And honestly, I find uh, it's a little unprofessional. I kind of it's it's a split thing. The engagement, the fact that somebody like Tony Khan will talk to people on Twitter is kind of cool, just like Dixie would do. 
But could you imagine Stephanie or Vince McMahon answering a tweet? Like if somebody put up a YouTube video and they were like, oh, WWE copyright claim my shit. Could you imagine Vince McMahon replying under in the comments and being like, well, that's my that's my WrestleMania clip that you you like. You know what I mean? There has to be some sort of a of a separation. You know what I mean? Between like, uh, you know, between between like corporate and 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 fans in a way you know what i'm trying to say like i just and again i know it shouldn't be there but you wouldn't see vince or triple h or stephanie or somebody on regular twitter because somebody who's a youtuber or something they got a copyright claim because they're too busy doing stock trading and shit you know what i mean and making big deals and moving the network to peacock and all do you think that they're gonna stop to reply to somebody and be like so for me it's kind of it's telling the fact that they would even be there and matt hardy too it's kind of like a couple of guys from aew whether we agree with the copyright or not, a couple of guys from AEW going on Twitter and replying to this girl and trolling her or replying, snapping back. It, it, it's not a good look for them. They already got the video monetized towards them. Leave it a fuck alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah Am I wrong in this? Or do you think that it's okay that the cons and then Matt Hardy and they all sort of ha-haing the girl? I mean, yeah, you make a good point. You, you definitely do. You really can't argue against that one. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's it's a mixed hat. We we play clips when we need to, and you know what? We've had copyright claims, and we've just basically put fair use. We fill out the form like everybody else, and the copyright claims have been released. And then after a while, it got to the point that instead of a claim, our content is left alone, and they just put a tag on it, even on Facebook, just saying that they're you know disclaiming what what's part of the thing, and that's just part of the game, man. They're smart enough to know the difference, you know. Yeah. So some a lot of people are saying that fair use does not apply to her channel. And the way that she's using the content. So, yeah, I mean, I get it on one hand, but on the other hand, there's a lot of clips and stuff on Twitter that are where people are getting their content from. And TNT seems to be okay with it, even though I've heard otherwise, because they kind of need the uh, the advertising doesn't hurt them. But all sports do that, you know? Yeah. That's another thing. Like, all sports do that. So, and all sportscasters have that kind of stuff. By the way, just happen- when I happen to be looking at this on social media on the side on Twitter on what's happening, I figured I'd mention it since we covered this earlier. But the wife of Marvelous Marvin Hagler says that he died in peace and refutes the claims about his cause of death being the COVID vaccine after effects. So, again, just updating you in regards to all that, you know, because I know we, we mentioned it on here. Uh, yeah, again, I think that there's there's no wrong side in this, but they could... We could do without, I guess, Khan going on there and, and, and talking to the girl. But she did tag him. To be fair, she directly tagged Tony Khan in the video. Yeah, see, that's the thing for me that makes a difference. Like, you directly, like, called him out. I feel like it'd be one thing if it was just a general statement, no tags or nothing. But it's like, once you tag the guy, you're kind of just like, all right, now respond back. Like, yeah, don't tag people. Like, when you're, 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 you're kind of, when you tag somebody on Twitter, thing a lot of people don't understand when you call people out you're opening that door when whenever i do streams that aren't wrestling related like if i'm doing a game stream it's automatic protocol that i'll put out a social media tweet and in that tweet i will have the developer the first person tagged before the publisher of the developer because if it wasn't for the developer of the game we wouldn't get these experiences for sure the publisher made it possible sometimes fucks it up with microtransactions but the developer is the heart so I will always do research, which is why sometimes it takes me long to get on if I don't know exactly who the developers are and everything else so that I tag them. Uh, then I'll also tag the publisher and anybody else, any collaborations, things like that. And that's on a gameplay video. What I won't do is on a review, especially if it's a critical review. Like, I'm not going to just tag people. Like, if I think that, you know, 
freaking Jamie Foxx has a funny haircut. I'm not going to at Jamie Foxx has a funny haircut. Mm-hmm. I'll just Jamie Space Fox. Like, why am I going to tag the guy? Like, you're literally antagonizing people for no reason. Don't be an asshole. You try to play a victim after you tag people and shit that you're offending them in. That's completely, you're calling them out. People understand how social media works. That's why you don't get sympathy for that kind of shit anymore, you know? Yeah, like, you open that door, don't be surprised, don't be upset and pissy when somebody walks in. Yeah, but again, I, I feel like she was just gunning for for attention here, and then she wound up getting it, you know, if that makes any sense. Yeah, makes sense. What else before we jump to the other side of the bracket here? Oh, yes, Jim Cornette. Oh, yeah. So much stuff was said by Jim Cornette that I can't even separate it. He, did you hear what he said? Any of it? I didn't hear it here, but I've heard little bits here and there. What, what have you, what, what is your, what have you heard so far? The one biggest thing that I've heard, it was kind of a thing, at least to my memory, that kind of kickstarted everything was, uh, kind of how he went off on Penelope Cruz. I mean, yeah. uh, Penelope Ford, I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> wow. Imagine if he did that, man. You don't want somebody, you don't want someone's husband jumping on your couch. Oh, no, 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 no. But yeah, he went off. I, I think Penelope Ford was the line that got crossed for a lot of people. Yeah. I'm going to just. Where it was like, where did that come from? Yeah, I'm just going to play the audio and then we'll talk about everyone's response because everyone who he mentions here does respond. We were going to be treated to the exciting tag team grudge match of Miro and Pip Sabian against the butler taylor and pockets but this was marred by treachery on the heels part they go back for an interview and of course there's marvez officer bar brady and he asked the question and before either chuckle for pockets can speak they're jumped in the hallway backstage they're not kidnapped now but they are assaulted so it happened again by miro and pip sabian and what was your opinion? They run Taylor headfirst through a glass window in a door. What was your opinion of that? Was that gimmick glass or not? I assumed it was, but I don't know. Here's what I think happened in my erstwhile and learned and experienced opinion. Door glass don't break like that in these buildings. That was gimmick glass, and he went down immediately like he was getting juice, but the idiot cut him his arm on the gimmick glass when he went through it and blocked his head worse than he cut his head when he tried to get juice and it ended up he had no blood on his face where he tried to get it but he fucking accidentally cut his arm open because the fucking gimmick glass didn't work with him so this was fucked up before they even gotten in the ring and also they let the jobbers get color but not the grudge tag team title match on first Nobody in that bled, but they can let the job guys get get color, and then they've also got an exploding fucking goof match coming up. Anyway, so the heels just get rid of pockets, and he's nowhere, and he's nowhere for minutes. And they drag Chuck onto the stage and toss him in the ring, and Miro cuts an unintelligible promo, and Chuck says, bring the bell. So they can have an official match because that means so much here. And they get the heat on Chuck. And as as I said, by that point, his juice had dried up. So he can't even do that right. 
he the only way he was he was bleeding good from the arm that was accidental the shit that would have looked good he couldn't fucking do it i did note that i think this is the first time i've ever seen pip sabian try to wrestle the make a wish program does so much good brian for these young men he reminds me of one of the first lines i ever heard when i got into business he reminds me of the guy that would come up to you and say Mr. Cornette, did you see my last match? And I'd say, son, I certainly hope so. So then Pockets comes stumbling out on the stage, falling and stumbling. He's all fucked up, but he reveals he was just playing Pockets. I mean, Possum. And he makes a comeback in quotation marks. Now Miro and Chucklefuck disappear and Pip and Pockets have the entire ring to themselves like two angry white nerds fighting over the last Pop-Tart. And both of them together have the combined weight of one grown man. So they do some shit for a while. Then Miro comes back. It is, and you'll find this is a theme in these AEW matches. And they're doing it in the WWE too. You just can't tell quite as obviously because their production is better. And also they don't have any fans in the audience. But these fuckers are just, it's like, a concert where Keith Richards decides he's going to have a four minute guitar solo and the rest of the stones just fucking bail around behind the goddamn drum kit and snort another line and they're gone. They're, they're having spots in these matches where guys will just roll out and just sit on the floor and just be gone and just not participate at all. So the people in the ring can have the spotlight. So pockets actually did the fake kicks to Miro and then it just went on a pip was pushed into and knocked Penelope Pitstop off the apron and Miro hit a sloppy something on pockets. <laughs> a sloppy something. And I, I love I, how he has so many hit names. I don't know names. what the fuck's going on. So and finally, Miro got the camel clutch on Chuck and the baby face tapped out just, <laughs> just to make it just as stupid as it could possibly be. The baby face tapped out. What the f- I'm the Did same way, George. Anything? I crack up. No, I mean, he got the camel clutch. I thought, wow, they're doing a good job of making Miro look strong. And then he started going back and forth with Orange Cassidy. Well, yeah. Which was ridiculous. I got nothing else to add to this. I mean, I thought. What it was. Penelope you know Pitstop took the best bump of the night when she went oh, off the apron. Penelope yeah, I thought she may have twisted her ankle <laughs> when she landed in those heels. But I thought, you and I think very differently about Miro. I thought they've misused him from the beginning. That he had a lot of potential. There's a lot you could do with him. They haven't really shown that at all. They've gone the opposite direction, <laughs> actually. But because he, because he, no, he's being allowed to be himself, and he is obviously a complete fucking goof. <laughs> he has no idea how to get over. No idea what got him over for a little while before in the other company. He does this stupid shit, and obviously is enjoying himself doing it. He was paired with a fucking. A kid that looks like he's in middle school and his slutty girlfriend to have a feud with a guy that sticks his hands in his pockets and another guy looks like he cuts his hair with a pencil sharpener job guy underneath talent all the way. And he has embraced this instead of saying, no, Tony Khan, you make me top guy or I go fuck you and humble you. No, that's the iron sheik, but you know what I'm saying, but this, he's a fucking idiot. Miro with his Minnie Mouse t-shirts. But here came the promo. So now we know we're going to do this next week. Jericho and MJF trying to make excuses for the loss. 
in a backstage interview. And Jericho said, we're going to have an inner circle war council this Wednesday on Dynamite. It's time to make some changes. And of course, then MJF does the dramatic foreshadowing. That's right. I'm firmly in favor of changes that need to be made. So they did this fucking angle. They fucking hospitalized Papa Buck. They have one match with these little clowns. And now they're going to pull the trigger on what we knew was going to happen all along, or we figure that it's obviously been teased that MJF's going to Iggy Jericho out of the thing. But are they apparently going to do that this week already? Will it be a swerve? And what we think is going to happen, what we've all said is going to happen for months, isn't going to happen? But what else would make any sense? I don't know. (laughs) See, that's the thing. If they do swerve us, which they very well could, then it will be something that makes absolutely no fucking sense to have happened because they've led us to believe the other thing will take place. So that's that's a perfect swerve. Yeah, it doesn't have to make sense just as long as you didn't figure it out. And there's another example. I mean, Monday Night Raw ruined Chris Jericho mentally because everything he does is like a Raw skit. We're going to have a birthday party or whatever it was early on where that is dad in a box. We're going to have the dinner debonair. We're going to have a debate. We're going to have a fake press conference. We're going to have the war council. The war council won't be in a back room. It'll be in the ring in front of everybody. Everything's a bad Raw segment with Jericho. Everything is what Vince McMahon wouldn't say yes to with Chris Jericho. There's a lot of people doing things now that they've been told for good reason in the past not to do. And uh, this is the place for it, apparently, since there is no leadership. So, Destin, that's like one of the strongest arguments right now we've heard in regards to the shitty booking in AEW, the alleged shitty booking in AEW. What are your thoughts on there's so much here, but what are your thoughts on what he thinks of the way that they're booking all of this? I said that shit just real quick before I let you go. I said last week, what's up, Ashley? I said last week that I felt like every week, as much as I like the inner circle, there was like another thing, you know? like another event, a meeting of some sort. And now they, they're bringing it up too, you know, but, and also the Kip Sabin, the booking here, what do you think overall? So far more entertained by Jericho in AEW that I've been in raw, but I mean, that's a whole different story. We've talked about that, of course, but at the same time, we're so much of an asshole about it. The thing that bothers me in that whole audio though, mm. why, what, 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 what did those little shots at Penelope prove with anything? Like, what, what what did that have to do with anything? A couple things, real quick. So we're we're assholes on here ourselves at times. I, I've always but at least said we're logical. I've always said, well, that and also their satire. Like we're not. I, I genuinely don't really have any negative energy toward any of the people. We're just being critical and sometimes comical and a little over the top. So I mean, there's satire, and I sometimes think the gym is just being a little over the top to be entertaining. Because when you have any kind of podcast or stream or you're doing content, you're always going to try to at least be you times 10 or times 100 or however it is that you quantify yourself to have character. That doesn't mean you shit all over people, but there are certain things that have to be taken as satire. And when I say that, I'm talking about, so in regards to him calling Penelope, who I've always said that she was one of the best people, Penelope Ford, you know? And uh, as far as just someone who's up and coming that has a lot of personality and character, I've always said that that whole stable along with Jimmy Havoc, that I really liked them. I've supported them from the beginning. That being said, when he's saying the slutty girlfriend, he's as... His reference and his mind could have been going toward the portrayal of just the character. You know what I mean? Like, was he saying that Penelope is slutty like the person, 
You know what I mean? And I know that some people might look at it as a cop out, but what I kind of feel like part of me in defense of him, like he was referencing it towards not her personally, but just the character's portrayal. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. But then I look at it, this is the same person. How often were we playing those fucking rants against Russo? When it's like I can understand it being satire, but there's a line. Even we don't cross lines like that. Like we go pretty hard on shit here. But even then, there's kind of like a point when it's like I feel like you're reaching. Way, if you're if you're going for satire and to be entertaining, I feel like there's a point when you're reaching way too far for that shit. I've never just gone in and called somebody slutty random. Right, like we don't just go, and that's my problem with <laughs> yeah. Annette. She just finally goes. Like, like I've never I don't just... find it funny. It's just so- sometimes it sounds like he doesn't like these guys, so he just takes any fucking jab that he possibly can. Whereas we, whereas us, let's say you don't like Kip Sabian, at least the jokes are gonna have a, like some level of thought to it, not just yeah. hey he's short he looks ten. Yeah, so I I was in my younger years on here on the show. I I was I was way more over the top, and I I don't think I've ever just randomly been like and the slut, <laughs> you know. Like, like you, there was no setup, <laughs> no delivery, nothing. Just you're, you're a slut. slut. <laughs> just random. Like I've never, I never even even my what my you? most over the top, you know. Like and years then, like, ago, oh, like, I'm, like I'm just like a minor had, note thing about this me. How many? Baby faces that you make tap out in WWE, a baby face tapping isn't that big of a deal, Jim. Calm down. <laughs> we said on here before Revolution, he needed to win that shit. He didn't need it. And, and he that was con- the best case scenario was for him to tap one of them out. Like. Yeah, and Cornette somewhat contradicts himself a little there, as much as I love Jim Cornette. Like the contradiction being that he is talking about Miro being used as like a job guy. So then at the same time, you can't complain when he taps somebody with the accolade or the camel clutch or whatever fuck it's called now. The thing about it is, my biggest problem, because I, I don't knock anybody who supports Jim Cornette, my problem is it just seems like it's just spewing shit just to do it. Like, I never see, you know what it is? It's because when I look at us where we could absolutely hate something, I look at the way we break it down versus Cornette who just shits on them and then but moves to, on to the next segment. But to be fair, for there are times he points out things, and I was like, yeah, I didn't even really look at it. And people will say that. Like, we're just like, yeah, I didn't look at that part of the booking, like that mistake they made or how that looked fake or whatever. You know, so I like his perspective. And I try not to let it influence mine, which is the reason why, as shitty as it is and as nocturnal as it is, I try to go on after Raw because a lot of the stuff has to come organically. I don't really have the time to form an opinion from anybody else's stuff. After I get off of here, all of the stuff for the week starts to unroll which is the way I prefer it. Not necessarily saying people take from us, but we come to the same conclusion sometime, but you hear it here first. That makes any sense. Yeah. But yeah, he, he, uh, he was really harsh in that. I think he was partially trying to be entertaining, but he was a little bit harsh. Uh, Miro tweeted out, I hope you never have a daughter that a pervert old man will call her slut. Kip tweeted, Legit, Jim Cornette is a total all-talk wet lettuce. His funeral is going to be a joyous occasion. I'll be riding shotgun. Wet lettuce. He said, I'll be riding shotgun, I, although we will let her kick beat the piss out of him, just like he watches his wife write Captain Cuck and then tagged him in it. Damn. Penelope tweeted, um, I mean, he has multiple times, I guess in regards to calling her a slut, I'm assuming. But he lets people fuck his wife while he watches. So what does he think of her? 
but she's probably the only person besides himself he feels bad for because his little dick can't please her after five Bluetooth and needs other men to do it for him. Fuck Bluetooth. It's Viagra. Really? Yes. I didn't know the slang. Viagra's called Bluetooth. I didn't know that was the one either, but I kind of figured out. Well, like, did you figure this out? I'm, I'm, I'm. I figured that out on the. I figured that I'm out. I'm searching this shit right now. Are they blue? I wish you could have seen the look two? on my face when it was like Bluetooth. No. Five Bluetooths. Can you have? A I don't know attack? if that's like a known one or just like her little one for it. But dang. I'm googling that shit right now. I Can mean, Viagra pills are blue, aren't they? Oh my god. I'm trying to see what this is. Like all kinds of medical shit is coming up. I mean, Stasis said, yeah, it's slang board. It says Blue Chew is a monthly subscription-based service that provides men with Slidenafil or Tadlafil tablets. These tablets arrive by mail and don't require an in-person visit to a doctor or pharmacy. They contain the same active ingredients found in Viagra and Cialis. Oh, shit. (laughs) Blue Chews. Yeah, George said it's just a different kind of Viagra. It just does the same thing. Different pill for your dick. Oh my god! I wasn't expecting this. This episode of Talk Point was sponsored by Blue Chews. They got fucking violent on here with each other on the words, right? I gotta read Penelope's again just so we can reground ourselves. I mean, he's called me a slut multiple times, but but he lets people fuck his wife while he watches. So what does he think of her? But she's probably the only person besides himself he feels bad for because his little dick can't please her after five Blue Chews and needs other men to do it for him. Hmm. Damn. That is really mean. That is, I almost don't know. Yeah, right. It did get awkward real fast. Right. Take some don't, grapefruit don't, juice. Don't, don't, take don't some, take, come for her on Twitter. Take some grapefruit juice with your blues juice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't know. Okay, that, that, that's two people on my list. Rebby Hardy and Penelope Ford. Don't come for them on Twitter. He did come for them. He responded to that. So he uh, says, uh, Bluto. Is he calling uh, Mira Bluto, like from Popeye? Oh, my God. Well, hey, I like Bluto, so... I don't know. Somebody that's known me for a while better sit down and tell you why you're making a drastic error trying to joust with me before I make you wish you'd never tried to learn English. You're a toothless lamb about to piss off a wolf, and I just want you to be aware of your peril. Oh, fuck it. This would be too good to pass up. Somebody tell noted video game nerd and Popeye villain wannabe Miro that I'm not going to waste this tongue lashing in pieces on Twitter. It'll come this Tuesday on the drive through podcast and it will be glorious. Don't tell Penelope. And then he also went on to tweet. Uh, in all honesty, I appreciate Miro, Penelope, Pitstop and their mascot Pip making me trend on Twitter all night. I would have never thought three unheard of video gamers could do such a good job. Going to be fun on the show Tuesday telling them all their faults. Oh, wow. Those are some promos. Right. So <laughs> I'm not on anybody's side. I'm just watching this unfold for the time being. I'm going to just keep watching the wrestling. It's on, right? I don't know if I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to take my hot chocolate in the other room. This just got awkward. Yeah, well, this has been awkward. Everybody says whatever the hell they want on, on Twitter. It doesn't matter. And that's what happened. I hate to say it, but once you, once you have a president who will say whatever the hell he wants, there's no longer the standard. You know what I mean? Anybody. Because at this point, it's just like, what are you going to do? Ban me? You didn't ban him? If Until there were no dirt out. sheets, all we'd have to do is hang around Twitter and we would put our program together. 
and we wouldn't even need to be like take it with a grain of salt there are no grain of salts when we get those because those shit come from the people it's like nope no grain of salt here i remember before i used to tell you guys more often than not in the show in the early years i used to be like hey take what we say with a grain of salt a lot of time i never have to say that because it's kind of the person saying it's like nope look this is him on instagram he held his phone up in the toilet this is what he's talking about and look he tweeted it here too and he retweeted it and then his wife went on and retweeted it when she went and shitted on this guy's wife you know, it's just like, and, and then, then they deleted and then it, but, after and then they deleted it, but the, dirt, but the dirt sheets had not saved it. You know, so it's kind of like, it's not even like before where it's like, take it with a grain of salt. And what's scary to me about that is what winds up happening is when you look back at all those years where we were taking things with a grain of salt, a lot of that shit is now confirmed. There was no salt. There was a plane ride from hell. I remember thinking the plane ride from hell wasn't real. Which apparently that's another thing that's going to be on Dark Side of the Ring this season. There's a whole episode of Dark Side of the Ring that's going to do a documentary about about what happened on the fucking plane ride of hell. I remember when it was just a legend told from friend to friend and we weren't even sure. That shit is real. Those stories you heard. Remember we used to think that somebody shitting in somebody's bag was a tale, was a telltale, like a tall tale. That shit's real. No, you should. People got their bags shitted and all the ribbing that we used to hear about. You used to kind of wonder if it would really be as crazy as it was, didn't you? Like there's no way that these guys did these things. All the ribs you would hear about, like these over-the-top things that would happen to people, where it's like, you know how much money and, and elaboration to go to the fuck somebody up that badly? And, and it was real. Fucking really happened, man. You would hear about the drug use and some of the things that were happening and the crazy partying and stuff. And you would think that maybe some of that was just exaggerated or accentuated a bit to make it sound cooler than it was. Most of that shit was real, too. So a lot of the stuff don't really take too much with a grain of salt. Most of it turns out to be real nowadays. And I think that's the most frightening thing of all. Be happy that we have a world where everybody likes to play video games with, with, with woods. Right. Because all the myths that you heard about worse. the old timers, you know, what's the name of the, uh, the name escapes me, the Undertaker's real, real stable? Uh, BSK, Bone Street. Yeah, you could have these BSK guys. There was other things. You think BSK was the only thing? Maybe they were a positive one. There were ones that were, they were shit. They were like, they were drug, drug versions. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying. The Street Crew. The <laughs> Cool. I'm not. I'm not calling. I mean, obviously, everybody had their demon. I'm just saying that you, you imagine they even say that there were their own little inside clicks and shit, and we know that for a fact. So, with a lot of stuff being confirmed, when they say the wrestlers are softer now, it's like stop being assholes about it. Be grateful. We just want to live longer and healthier. Yeah. Nah. So much animosity. It's ridiculous. Let me look through this program real quick and see if there's anything that can't wait. I know Becky Lynch's dad passed away. That's sad. I'll just bring that up real quick, just out of respect. You know, I know she released a big tweet about it. You guys can look at it on social media. I don't want to read like a sad tweet right now. Uh, but yeah, you know, she just talked about how she misses her father and stuff and she loves him and stuff like that. It sucks to go through that now. Yeah, sounds like that is really hard, especially when like it's a parent or a grandparent. That's when it hits really hard. Yeah, yeah, really. Well, any, any adult, any of the elderly. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything else of significance here? I don't want to eat time just scrolling through our stuff here. We know John Laurinaitis was rehired back to the head of talent relations. Like, is that relevant? Are People power. Care? People are going to be mad at me. He wasted time for that? That's what he wanted to talk about? John fucking Laurinaitis? Fuck talk yeah, much. Yeah, John Laurinaitis <laughs> back. If that was your breaking point, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be two heads of talent relations because Mark Carano's still there. Brad, uh, Brad Blum, uh, and they're saying that it's more about the so this is Meltzer saying that it's more about reassuring Vince and not challenging Vince. He was all of that before, so that will be his role now. He and Mark Carano can be the bad guys. So that's probably part of it as well. It kinda came out of nowhere, but nothing should be surprised at this point. Yeah, so yeah, I guess those will be the guys. That'll be the new chain of command. 
Where does Pritchard fit into that mess? Right, he's still doing his. Uh, he's still at the lap of the of the master. I don't know. He can mop or some shit. I don't know. Too much people power, right? People power. People power. Uh yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, also AEW. Since we're gonna go into the weekly soon, they did break a new record as far as the revolution buy rates. Uh, WrestleNomics is reporting that they did 125,000 pay-per-view buys with the traditional pay-per-views and the streaming, bringing in five million for the company. Uh, and that puts them at the highest selling pay-per-view in their history. The number one spot that was dethroned was the 2020s Double or Nothing, which had 105,000 buys. So, uh, and for anyone who wants a reference, they provided a list here with All In being, uh, September 1st, 2018, that did 45,000. Double or Nothing, May 25th, 2019, did 98,000. All Out, August 31st, 2019, did 88,000. Full Gear, November 9th, 2019, did 80,000. Revolution, February 29th, 2020, did 90,000. Double or Nothing, uh, May 30th, 2020, did 105,000. All Out, September 5th, 2020, did 90,000. And then Full Gear, did November 7th, 2020, did 85,000. Bring us to the Revolutions, March 7th of 125,000. So the second, yeah, that's interesting. Very, very interesting. They're doing good with their numbers, though. Good for them. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely going to need it. So if you briefly want to talk about uh, what happened, because George is in the chat, and I know he'd be upset. If you briefly want to talk to me, I didn't watch it. I don't even know what it's called. That's why I'm stalling. Yeah, it was uh, Impact Wrestling <laughs> Sacrifice pay-per-view. Right, Sacrifice. Right. There you go. Yeah. Impact Wrestling Sacrifice. <laughs> was right at the tip oh, of my tongue. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, just... Let's, let's bring it. I'm going to pop the results in front of me just so that as you talk about it, I'll, I won't be completely lost. And I think I have a clip or two here. What do I got for clips? I got a, I got a Rhino one and, and a Moose Moonsault one. That's about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, my God. Yeah, let me pull up the results real quick. <laughs> I love that description. A Rhino one and a Moose Moonsault one. They had the K. They had the K against Reno Scum, with the K going over. Uh, of course, because fucking one, the one with the Mohawk. I can't remember. I think he caught Steve and fucking Rosemary sitting on the corner. His dumb ass walks right into her and just gets missed. Who's Reno Scum again? It's that. Uh, it's uh, Adam Thornstowe and. God, what's your fucking other guy's name? You know what I should do? I should have the 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 impact videos readily available from now on, whether or not we're okay. Go so it's not so it comes up. It's, it's Luster the Legend and Adam Thornstone. Oh, Adam Thornstone! I don't know what the fuck that. Anyway, so the K went over there. Matt George, Stryker, I just got started. Call me tits. <laughs> so wait, was this a was this a pre-show thing? No, this was just the opening match. They don't do pre-shows for this. Because afterwards on this program, it says that Matt Stryker and D'Lo run down tonight's card. Yeah, they ran it down okay. after this match. Gotcha. Anyway, Havoc and, and Navia against Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Glad I missed this. Yes, and they keep calling him Caleb with a fucking K. And Violent. We know it starts with a K. Just Violent by Caleb Design wins. Oh, no. I see. That's the, that's Violent by Design wins against Chris Sabin and James Storm. But yeah, and fuck James Storm is fat. But the ending that I just read here. <laughs> so that's what yep. they did. Yep, that's what they did with Rhino. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm gonna bring this up because I think this is the clip that I have. Give me a second to to cue this up. I haven't seen it yet, but I did grab it. Sorry, guys. 
we're live and all that, and there's a lot of clips and buttons. All right, here we go. Rhino is back! I haven't seen Rhino since he was injured at the hands of Violet by design. What the hell? Rhino just fought Saban! Rhino just fought his friend! He just fought Saban! What the hell did I just see? Here are your winners, Violet by design! So there's a rhino heel turn. Rhino joined the guys who injured him and his buddy. Okay. So Rhino joined a bunch of people. Eric Young's like the only known person there, and that's only thanks to the NXT stuff. Well, that he was an impact when they people still watch them. So, like, what's stable? It's Eric Young, two other guys, and now Rhino. Like, yeah, Eddie Edwards against Brian Myers, aka Kurt Hawkins. Oh my god! In this is this 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 is the moment where I swear to God, I wanted to put a hold of TV. This was a whole harmless match, or in other words, as we all know it, uh, unsanctioned or lights out match. Which I love how Bad Striker had to take time out of his day to mention that it was like a lights out match. <laughs> this was the most calm and safe. Like I've seen street fights more violent than this. Cause I mean we watched we watched every lights out match in AEW. We've seen unsanctioned matches where it's like guys like Shawn Michaels and Triple H. When Shawn Michaels had a few with Chris Jericho and it was unsanctioned. We've seen unsanctioned matches get quite violent. Nothing in this felt out of the ordinary, where it was like, oh, shit, good thing. This is whole harmless. So Eddie goes over with the Boston knee party. I don't know what that was that he put like under his uh, under his freaking um, his knee. But it was some kind of a weapon or something. And like that got him the win. Like nothing about this match was memorable for something that was supposed to be. Hey, it was just There's a loaded no, knee like, pad. There's no consequences for what you do. Yeah, they just report it as a loaded knee pad. Yeah, it just nothing felt special about this. Like I don't know if they got the memo, but if you're gonna say something's like hold harmless or unsanctioned, that means you let them get extra fucking crazy. <laughs> Johnny Gargano and fucking Tommaso Ciampa had an unsanctioned match. I thought somebody was going to die. At this point, by the time this match is over, I was like, wow, somebody's gonna be kind of sore tomorrow. Like. Yeah, and Eddie goes over with a power slam, uh, hits the Boston knee party with that loaded knee, like you said, to go over. You get the yeah. Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships, flav- Fire and Flavor, I must say Flavor Flair, Fire and Flavor defending against Jordan Grace and Jazz. I'm about to fucking Flavor Flavor. Flavor Fire Flavor wins. Good for them. Grace with the clothesline in the corner, then the Muscle Buster, uh, Kira Hogan kicks out, and then... uh. I don't know. She hit Jordan, um, She hit Jordan with a swinging neck breaker, and then I guess rolled up her opponent with a beautiful bridge, and then they retained their titles. Gotcha. Impact X Division Championship. TJP defending against Ace Austin, and I already heard that Ace Austin went over here. He's the blue uh, Jay White, right? 
the alternate he's attire. Actually, he's actually really good. I give I give him that. He's like one of the only two things in this whole exhibition that entertains me. The other one is TJP. Well, Jay but, uh, White's actually really good. You know, I would expect an alternate yeah. attire. Just because I press star instead of A doesn't mean there should be any difference in the moves, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. TJ, TJP, obviously fantastic. I mean, we watched him do everything everywhere. But no, this Ace Austin guy is actually very good. He's quite talented. He's now a uh, two-time X Division champion with his victories. Uh, got the title shot through winning the uh, Super X Cup, which they brought back this um this past year. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's a he's a talent. I need him to get the feck out of there. But yeah, he's a talent. Hmm. Well, what else happened on this wonderful pay per view? Anything memorable? I'm completely. I'm I'm almost falling asleep. Oh, yeah, about these, well, these wonderful matches I, i'll have to bring the video here just to keep myself to give my my hand something to do so i don't pass out during impact parts on the show <laughs> uh, yeah well i mean yeah we had diana perrazzo versus odb and um let's see diana actually went over with her uh virtuoso armbar so very uh very cool match odb i've i know it's the interesting change in her gear she's not using the stuff she usually used to wear back in tna back in the day but i mean it was what you expect from ODB and Diana Prado? Both women move really good. I mean, match was entertaining for a knockout match. So. Now, one thing that was actually kind of a, I guess you could call it a shocker on this event. Um, we had the world tag titles on the line. The Good Brothers versus Finn Juice. And Finn Juice go over. Who? Um, David Finley and Juice Robinson. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah. New Japan people. Yeah, so they went over the Good Brothers. That's incredible. Yeah, so uh, we got New Japan. Device for the win. So we got the we got Finn and and Juice Robinson with the Impact Championship. Yeah, David. Um, I mean, Finley went on the Twitter and congratulated his son for his tag title win. But yeah, I like, mean, oh. coming from overseas, winning that in the first match. I mean, that's a big honor for Impact to have some people right. like that that will hold those titles for them. You know, so right, like, good for them. That's some yeah, good people just, uh, there. So now I kind of wonder, like, where is a. Uh, I wonder if Gallows Anderson go back to Japan to try to get their tag title back. Do they go to ROH challenge for the tag titles? Or AEW? With the way things are yeah, going? They, it's, it's weird how everything's just sort of merged together now, right? Yeah, like every way, with the exception of in Stanford, they fucking they can go anywhere and everywhere pretty much. The, the door's literally wide open everywhere. And then, of course, I kind of like have... that because now it makes me wonder are they going to stay in them back longer or are they going to just go somewhere else? Um. Uh... I don't know. I kind of feel like no one's going to stay in Impact if this continues. Like, why would they? You can go somewhere else, right? Would you stay in Impact? I would have never gone. It feels like it's just a. <laughs> it, it feels like it's a meeting ground, you know. Like this is just a place. It's a point of transfer. It's where you transfer to the next bus. This kind of just felt like for the Good Brothers. I was like, okay, we've never even contended for these tag titles. Let's knock this one off the list. Don Callis is probably one of the best things about this entire crossover. More so than even the the Good Brothers, just because of the fact that he's an interesting personality and he fits into things. If there's ever going to be further collaboration or if this becomes a long-term thing, that's going to be because of Callus, Because he's he's good at what he's doing. That's the only thing that keeps me interested is just to see what Callus does or what he says. He's so yeah. entertained to me like when he's on when he's on AEW, I forget he's actually from Impact. Yeah, it's not that... I mean, the wrestling in Impact is good, George. It's just yeah. they don't have... Like, I mean, they're missing. If you everything. look, if you look at the roster from when we used to defend TNA versus the roster now, it's not even the same show anymore. But think about great, the fact but... that this is a pay per view that Dustin's covering. I don't even like, like what? Where's the pay per view? Yeah, there was just view. 
who the fuck is the big star here? Are you like like can someone tell me who the who the draw is in this pay per view? And I mean actual draw, like even if you're not a fan of Impact, you watch to see these guys. Who is that? Guess who what? Is... It's not Rhino. It probably it's is. Is he the most Chad over Myers. person there? Yeah, but I mean, who is their, their their guy? The main event. Speaking of, is what's coming up, which is this is a uh, Rich Swan was... versus Moose, and this is combining I... the Impact World Championship with the TNA World Heavyweight Championship in a unification because, match. But because they decided they wanted to pull this off, and because Moose had been basically running around with the old TNA title for so long, this is the genius idea they had. They said, "Hey, we're gonna make the title active." Okay, cool. First defense. We're going to unify the titles. So we're going to make it disappear within two months of us making it an active championship. So there's a couple weird things about this besides everything that you said. First of all, like the whole story behind Moose's gimmick was that he's bringing back the TNA World Heavyweight Championship because he considers it his title. But it's not a real title. It's not a real title because there's no such thing as TNA, which is where the gimmick becomes funny it's almost like the other guy taz's boy cage who walks around with the ftw, yeah, the FTW title, title but it's not like a thing you can't make it a thing even if you wanted to because there's literally no such thing as tna so even if they say that this is an official title it's a title representing what there's no tna company for it to represent that's almost as fruitless as the nwa title that jumps all over the fucking place so now you get the tna title that's represented by nothing and you bring it into existence, like you said, only so that you unify it, which just kind of makes it a race again. Yeah. They're not going to call it the Impact Wrestling TNA Championship when this unifies, yeah. are they? Are they going to change it to a no. different belt or is somebody going to walk they, around they holding both? They didn't. Oh, that's right. This happened already. But, yeah, this yeah, already, but I'm this saying like, Saturday. right. But then what I'm saying is Tuesday's tomorrow. That's when Impact comes out, right? Like, will, will Rich Swan, who, by the way, goes over, will Rich Swan come out with this now, a new belt that represents the unified version of the TNA Impact title? Or does he hold the two? Or does the he's TNA probably, one just disappear? He's probably, the TNA world is probably just going to disappear. Because up until, like, a couple of weeks before this pay-per-view, they never acknowledged it. It was just Moose being pissed off that he couldn't get the world championship, so he just made his new one. So that almost makes it not canon then. It's almost like, all right, well, this bell came and then it, it just got makes Moose look like a whiny bitch. <laughs> okay, I can't. So win basically, the world title. I got the other title. <laughs> so basically, no. the the Impact Wrestling World Championship is the piccolo of titles, and then the TNA one is Nail. Mm-hmm. And at some point, Nail got absorbed, but fuck him. We don't really even know or can't remember. You know what the bad part about it is? <laughs> at least Nail had a bear show in the fucking TNA title. <laughs> it's like they absorbed it into nothing. It's not going to matter in the future. The TNA one disappears, but that's where it was in the first place. Look at that shit. It was. <laughs> it never existed. They, they they had a unification match for something that did that wasn't valid that they validated, and, and now it vanishes into nothing. And also, the um, secondary stipulation in this is the winner gets fed to Kenny Omega, title versus title. So, um, run that title shot. There's no way that they're gonna put Kenny Omega in that company. He has doesn't he stuff like a AAA title or something? He has titles yeah, everywhere, yeah, right? Basically, basically, Kenny's going bell collector. There's no way that they're going to have him go into fucking TNA and lose. Everyone in the world would hate them forever. So now automatically, Rich Swan has this combined title, and uh, Kenny Omega's going to take that shit. Then maybe that's the only reason they unified it. They wanted it to sound cooler, so Kenny Omega wins it. We've already, gonna, seen, we, we, we've already seen Omega hand Swan ass whooping. I've been saying since then. Run that ass whooping. TNA total nonstop action. It, it used to be a wrestling. It used to try to be a wrestling company. It used to be good. 
with actual people. You see what I mean, though? Like get, it's get made active for the sake of just phasing them out. But now, and from what I'm hearing, they, they're taping. Impact still does that thing where they tape like a whole bunch of episodes, one after the other after the other. From what I'm hearing, Omega was present for that whole thing. So we're probably going to have a lot of Kenny Omega um, Bullet Club stuff for like the next two George months. Like Omega's in the company. No, he's part of the crossover. Yeah, he so there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of of Omega and the Bullet Club for the next two months, which unfortunately makes Impact Wrestling important to watch for the next two months because they did their taping wave and they were there for all of that. So all that shit is gonna matter in the long run, and then they're gonna have that unified match, uh, and we got titles floating everywhere. Impact's becoming really relevant to watch. I will give it credit for that. They're they're making themselves relevant. It doesn't matter whether you like them or not. If you're invested in this storyline, you have to watch Impact. What they're failing at doing, and this is what I'm trying to explain to George and others, is that there are people like you and I who have been watching these guys since the, the early eras of Ring of Honor and PWG. When they were in the asylum in freaking Nashville. Right, that are only watching those parts. And it's not because we're opposed to being open-minded and being exposed to new workers and new storylines, but it's because all of the stuff surrounding those parts is never good. They had a big opportunity when Kenny Omega and the Bullet Club first came over to make something else look good where people would be like that was also cool and everything was shitty except for the kenny omega and the bullet club stuff and most of the time that stands they don't have anything as good as the kenny omega bullet club don Callis stuff in the whole company having matt hardy and private party go over there for them was like when wwe has like taker or brock lesnar or somebody come out you know what i mean like and that's unfortunate like the guys from AEW are more over and they're adding flavor to that show, which is a great strategy. You get eyes on your product. But the people that they have, once you have somebody like me, who that first episode, I watched the whole two hour impact because knowing booking logic, I figured they're going to try to show me all the reasons I'm going to come back. Show me something. What the fuck are they showing me? They That's the only thing that they have to gain from this. The literally the only thing that they have to gain from this is the recognition of people having eyes on the product. So now is a good time to bring out your good China, get dressed fucking good, do your hair, you know, and put on be good hosts. This is it right here. People are looking at your product. I don't want to hear about who got shot at a fucking wedding. I don't want to hear about mystical powers or Rosemary turning into Rose or fucking whatever it is that they're doing here. You know, it's like. They need to buckle down when the AEW fans have their eyes on the product. Because if there's one thing that I've learned about the AEW fans is that so long as you band with them, they're pretty accepting to any level of stupid shit that you throw at them. That's right up Impact's alley. All you have to do is win these people over and they will make excuses for all the dumb shit you guys book. Haven't you seen the formula? And that doesn't mean that AEW doesn't have good stuff, but their fans have become more like a cult. They now just make excuses. They, like you can't criticize anything. Everything's perfect. If they could just they're, win they're the, fans the fans over, just blindly follow. If they could win the fans over with a few good booking angles, they could go right under that umbrella and they and and impact more than anything needs blind fans. And that's what TNA used to have. They used to have fans that would attack us on this show. Remember the good old exciting days when people would attack your podcast. They used to attack us on this show. Remember those but days? You know what the difference they used was to fucking, back then? Because we we would criticize TNA. 
And I remember like that, like that one guy was like, he commented, not even remotely good. That used to be a soundbite that we used to plan yeah. here where the guy commented, not even remotely good. And when I clicked on his social media, it was pictures of him and his two sons at TNA events. And then um, they wish they were raw. Yeah, I said, if they, I said, if they make a wish, kids, I bet they wish they were a raw. That was an old joke from an old clip. And I, I just said it on the fly. I wasn't even trying to be a dick. But uh, you see what I mean? Like we were getting attacked by parents who were taking their kids to hang out backstage at Impact at the Impact Zone and shit. Like they were loyalists back then. You remember that? And and literally, that's how we wound up on the bad side of the spectrum. We had people. Who was that guy who was friends with uh, Samuel Shaw? Who was Samuel Shaw's name right now again? Uh, Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis, right? There was a guy who we had. He's a good. He, he's a he's a buddy of mine, Jason uh, Cook. We we talk on social media. You guys might have I'd have heard him. No, no, Cook. Um, okay. Yeah, but this guy, he's he was good friends with Samuel Shaw, and he was so pro TNA back in the day. I hope he's not hearing this, but he was so pro TNA. It was like mindlessly make excuses for shit. They had that kind of fan, which they don't have anymore. They need that again. You know what I mean? They That's need like, those crazy fans. Yeah, and the problem was was back then. When it was the Mega Wish Kids, it was there at Raw and freaking Sam Cook and everything. There was people like AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, AMW, Triple X. You know, and people hated us. Three Live Crew. They hated us when we shit on TNA. But you know what? A lot of those people, and they will never admit it to this day because it'll be too embarrassing. They were the same people who would give us shit. Back when the NXT was the obstacle course, when I would watch it on there because it was only on WWE.com because Daniel Bryan was there. And there were a few other people who at the time, ironically, Derek Bateman, EC3. We saw something in, you know, a lot of other guys that uh, we tried to put over and no one else was on board. There's, no one ever wants to admit that there was that demographic out there that, that was not into Ring of Honor and PWG and Dragon Gate the way that we were. And I'm glad that we have the audio to prove it, quite honestly, because back then, this show originally, now it's become more comical and more review and, and critique. It was more in the beginning bringing light to a lot of that stuff it was more bringing light to the chuck taylors and the rich swans and the willie max because at the time they were all in pwg and in evolve and no one knew about it the sam ray del souls you know the el genericos the uha nations if you go back and listen to the single digit episodes of me on here i'm talking about these people and it's because at the time they were worth talking about this is 2014 i'm talking about you know what i mean where i'm talking literally about these people Early episodes, I'm telling you guys about Apollo Crews, a.k.a. Uha Nation, the potential he has, and Sam Rizzo, Delso, a.k.a. Kalisto, and all of these. The potential is there, but it's like a lot of the time, it's not even about people looking for the potential. They just want to blindly follow something. And unfortunately, I digress. AEW fans are doing that, but if TNA cannot get that level of fandom back, the ones that just want to chant the letters of their organization, those are the fans you want. It was pointed out, I think it was a disco that pointed it out where he was saying that that's the one thing that wwe has never been able to get is the brand loyalty that the indies get you never hear someone going wwe 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 they don't look at it they're the big corporate brand you hear ecw ecw aew aew roh when the rh more signifies it by the slapping of the barricade that's something that's always been exclusive to those fans but you know what i mean there's always been a thing that says i'm i'm just supporting this company Ah, uh, and at one point TNA had that. Oh yeah. Go back and watch those fucking pay per views. It reminded me of ECW with the way the fans would act and the way that, they would. You used to hear that over everything else was with TNA chants. They would they would band together and they would create a voice and they were TNA TNA and they were out there and they were just supporting the product because that's what you do when you have a product up and coming and there's like a vision to this product. AEW has that right now whether you like it or not and they're trying to give that wealth to Impact 
And again, I know I'm being long-winded about this, but the disease here is that impact every time they get eyes on them, which they've somehow managed to do over the years many times, they show you something stupid. Yeah. At the end of the day, and I know what the funny thing about it is, is it doesn't tell you how little impact has going for it. When we get to Raw, impact decided to conveniently upload some shit on their YouTube. I don't know if you caught it, but uh, just shows they don't have anything there for people to blindly follow. Whenever they are, whenever something becomes popular, they'll put up like an old video of the person's match or something like that. You know, and I remember when I looked at this company in the beginning, because just the same way there's episodes on here of me talking shit about TNA, there are old episodes where you're telling, where I'm telling people this is the show that you need to watch. There was a point where I looked at their roster and it was like, man, this is, this is really nice. You got the Motor City Machine Guns, you got the Young Bucks at the time, Generation Me, you know, you got the Dudley Boys. You got Bobby Roode and James Storm. That was the tag team division all there at the same time. You had the Hardys. And I remember thinking, man, this is really this this company doesn't need nothing right now. If you have if you have people like the like the Young Bucks and the Motor Cities with the Dudley boys, you know what I mean? That's a fucking tag team division right there, you know, and then to count that off in your X division and in your top, your guys are people like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. You know what I mean? Like your top guys are people like that. Samoa Joe was another top guy even Kurt Angle when he was there like when I remember looking at that company being like man this is almost like the other side of the spectrum like this is the literal alternative for WWE if you like AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and all these guys like these are this is like the future and they fucked up the same way Sting came you know I hate to say because I like Sting but Sting showed up and then before you know it even even Kurt Angle to an extent he contributed and I think he had a better career in TNA then but him being there was like a almost like the beginning of a wave of these other guys coming and it stopped having those kind of matches you stopped getting those six-sided ring crazy matches with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and all these guys and it sort of became more and more like WWE every time you saw it the appearance changed the sides of the ring changed the announcers changed you started seeing more familiar faces Taz became a commentator the way he was on SmackDown like it morphed into WWE, and I hate to say it, but in most products, even if it's outside of the WWE bubble, if you start doing that kind of shit, it will just turn into another WWE clone. AEW is going in that direction, unfortunately, in my opinion. They're going in the worst direction because they're becoming like a bad WWE TNA clone. They're doing, And I'm hearing people say they're not going to make the same mistake. Christopher Daniels himself in an interview, I believe it was an AEW Unrestricted this past week, he talked about how he doesn't feel they're going to make the same mistakes that TNA made. But while he's saying this, a lot of those mistakes have already happened. No, I'm not shitting on Impact, man. I'm 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 analyzing we're, we're, the business at all. This I'm not. I'm literally. I've been. I've I've been an, a wrestling fan for all of the different. I've been pro Impact, pro everything, and I'm talking about the good years because there were great years. I've said that Fortune is one of my favorite stables of all time, and I'm giving it to a company that's not even put in a good light. You know, I've reviewed every pay per view during those eras. I've watched everything. So, no, this is speaking from a fan that actually enjoyed the product for years and has seen it at its best live. And being realistic of what it is now. Yeah, it's nothing against them. It's it's a sadness. Like, sure, they're doing better. But what I'm saying is that I can honestly, proudly say that there were points where on a Sunday there were impact pay-per-views that I would be excited for. Like, I can't wait for the pay-per-view. The way that you would feel about a big WWE pay-per-view, people forget that there was an era where I would watch an Impact pay-per-view and I'd be like, yo, I can't wait for tonight's pay-per-view. And I would genuinely mean it. Not for a show or a podcast or anything, but because it was so good that I just couldn't wait to see the pay-per-view. And I can't remember the last time 
they've made me feel that way, you know, where I just can't fucking wait, you know, and they can do like, it. Like, I just so happened to see the day of sacrifice that it was going to be airing. Whereas back in that time, if Bound for Glory was happening, you knew Bound for Glory was happening for straight two months. I've, I've always said. And it was like a countdown. <laughs> and if you're not going to give people what they want, because I know people criticize WWE for having the traditional pay-per-view, but if you're not going to at least do that to some extent, you're going to lose people. For years, I've always loved Lockdown. I've always said, wow, Lockdown is one of my favorite. This is cool. Like, yeah, sure, it's just a different variation it was the, the most cage. unique. But I just liked the way that it was done. The original lockdown, when I first saw it, I was like, I remember I was really excited as it was happening. Like the thing lowered and the the weapons were like hanging on the top. It felt like a unique mechanism, even though it was a fucking just a cage, like the way it dropped down and the order of the people coming out and the booking in the matches was really fucking exciting. And I remember watching one of the like one of the final good lockdowns was 2011. It was Immortal versus Fortune. I brought that up on here before I even linked to it. Immortal were the were the heels because Fortune used to be part of them, but Immortal was like uh it was Abyss, it was Jeff Hardy, I believe it was Jeff Jarrett, um, Ric Flair was in it, uh bunch of bad guys. But anyway, and then the good guys was AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels. Uh actually AJ wasn't in the match. He had this was his big return, was at the end. He does a run in. It was it was a fortune that a Christopher Daniels replacing him with Bobby Roode, James Storm, and uh Kazarian. And I remember the match was just violent. Flair was had the crimson mask. He did the flop on the ground. Abyss was in there. He was doing crazy shit. There was just so many crazy spots between all these guys. And then the, the big return at the end, being AJ running in and getting the big Road Warrior pop and doing his return. And uh, when the when the cage lowered and all the weapons came, it was exciting. And uh, it was cool. I, I go back and watch that match every now and then. I'll link it later on. Fast forward to like, I think a year or two later. The fucking cage didn't even have the ceiling or the thing happening. I believe it was Sting who just came to the ring. It was Joker Sting. He had a shopping cart with all the weapons. And he told it. And I'm looking at this before he came out there. And I'm like, I wonder how they're going to make the thing lower. Because I don't see the normal. It doesn't look, something doesn't look right. And this is an event I look forward to. And I remember Sting came down with his fucking, I hated the Joker thing he was doing. He was doing like a weird Heath Ledger Joker. And he came down with a shopping cart to tote all the weapons and laughing, giggling like Mick Foley with a cart full of, I'm like, how corny is this? That it wasn't even that when everyone comes out of the thing that the thing lowers with all the weapons. Some motherfucker at the top, clown Sting, comes down with a shopping cart. With a path mark fucking and tosses the weapon, just starts whipping the weapons over the thing. I'm like, this is bootleg, man. Like, you're not going to fucking keep my faith if you're going to have things that work for your company that are good. And you're just going to say, fuck it. We're going to just, do, just be lazy with our own shit. And they just took the entire lockdown pay-per-view away. Like, a- Yeah. Joseph Park. Stacey makes a good point. Joseph Park. I love Joseph Park. I was one of the few people who said the Joseph Park character, I like it better than the Abyss character because I've seen big invincible monsters all the time that's been done a million times it's an easiest thing to do because you don't even have to be a good promo even though abyss was but the joseph park is a way harder character because you have to talk more you have to be articulate in your speech you have to be intelligent and then you have to be someone who's one of the best workers has to make himself look like he doesn't know how to fucking work and to me watching that was way more entertaining because i know that abyss is a, a genuine monster and one of the better people in the ring so it's really entertaining to me to watch him having to try to sell that he doesn't know what he's doing and watching those matches where he would like shockingly win or go over and shit. Uh, I those are some of my favorite stuff. It goes to show that you could be gimmicky and be good wrestler and you can combine it all and be entertaining into something really well done. I used to laugh out loud all the shit with him. The stuff I told, I talked to you guys on here about back when oh he was God, hilarious back when he went, because at the time Danny Davis was still running OVW, which was the, uh, yes. the, the developmental of, uh, of TNA. 
and I remember back when he went to visit Danny Davis and he went to train with Danny Davis and he was like, should I, should I, should I come back tomorrow? My clothes, now we can start right now. I trained the guy. I trained men in suits before. It was one of the funniest <laughs> Danny Davis lines ever, but just stuff like that, that they used to do. Um, I thought was really well done, man. You know, it, it was a hell of a company. One, maybe one day we'll go on here when we have more time and we'll talk about some of the better shit because I know there, there's a library of stuff I remember straight off memory of, of pay-per-views and stuff. And I'm not even talking early TNA. You could even go back to 2011, 2010, 2009. They still hadn't fucked yeah. up yet. You know, they were still, At they were still point, salvageable. Everything just went downhill. I can tell you exactly what it was. Oh, it was yeah. when they, I know exactly what you think it too. When they released AJ Styles. And had the whole locker room hit their finishes on them. Yeah, that's right. Everybody beat them up. And I didn't like that. A lot of people had to leave that company getting their asses kicked in stupid ways. That's how they did him. That's how they did Sting. Like... But AJ Why Styles, it was like the entire fucking locker room hit their finishes one after that. And the funny thing about it is, the one thing, first of all, way to bury the whole locker room. Because do you remember exactly what was happening every time they did that? Somebody would come out, hit their finisher. Max would pin him. AJ kicks out. Tag team comes in, hits their finisher. AJ kicks out. So it's like, so what you're telling me is that AJ can kick out of every finisher in the freaking locker room? Yeah, like they made him look strong, but they made him look weak because he left on his back. But again, it was just one of those things where it was like, I just kept thinking, are you guys sure you don't want to keep AJ Styles? Like, no matter what the money is that he, because he, they wanted to lower his contract, he said in a, in a shoot. Like, are you guys sure? I, I kept thinking, like, because you don't want to probably lose AJ Styles. It's not like he's the only part of the company. But to me, it just kind of felt like he became the face of the company for many years. And people are going to look at it like, if you let him go, then who who won't you let go? He was like the heart and soul of that company, the most unique worker that you had. And he, everybody wanted him. Like, what the fuck's the matter with you? <laughs> like, he started off as just the X Division guy. And then I remember he was the first X Division star to win, win a world championship. He was the first Triple Crown winner there. He ran, he, him and Chris Saban ran Ultimate X. Like, yeah. So the point I think that I'm making when I look at Impact now is when I look at those names, when I look at the AJ Styles and the Christopher Daniels, the Kazarians, the James Storms, the Bobby Roode, the Abysses. You know what I mean? When I look at all of these guys, the Motor City Machine Guns, the Matt and Nick Jackson, you know, that are there and all of that. And now I look and I have uh, Ace Austin and uh, Reno the, Scum. Reno Scum. What was the other guys? The Violent whatever. That, that Violent Rhino by joined. design. Like, and you know, it's a, lot of the, a lot of those big names that are over there, there were people that came back. Not, not like it was before where it was guys they built up. A yeah. lot of the cases like where it's like Rhinos and Eric Youngs and all those guys, those are guys who were there years ago in those good days. And it's ironic because this is the roster that people try to strive to have. And that's what I'm saying. Don't take for granted what you have today for what you can have. That's what they should have learned because a lot of people would consider themselves fortunate today if they had a roster that had AJ Styles and the Young Bucks and the Motor City Machine Guns and Gazarian and all these, you know, what I mean, any one of those, any any one of those would be a huge return. Any one of those would be a big debut. All of them combined equal a company. So back then they weren't even they were fresh. You know what I mean? Like people hadn't even seen it like now we're used to it. And that style was even more rare. So I just kind of wish that they would take these opportunities because one thing that they've always had were missed opportunities. Now you may win one day because. 
things change. We talked years ago on here, George. I don't even know if you used to listen back then, but we talked years ago before AEW came out about how in the future we were going to be talking about wrestling and the landscape was going to be different and it was going to be more like the territories and we were going to be talking about crossovers and title changes. And now here we are. So we're in an ever-changing state. I'm just saying I would hate for them to miss the bus because this might be their last fucking chance if they wind up just showing silly shit and everyone doesn't tune in. You know, because again, WWE is coming back with their big WrestleMania and they're going to be touring again and it's hard to go up against a big bad corporation. But now they should be playing with their A-game. And yeah, at least they are making money. They treated their people good. Now get eyes on the product. Draw, show, show me why I need to watch this. Besides Kenny Omega. You know, come up with something that's going to keep me watching. So, Moose, I got this one clip here, Moose Moonsaulting. This is what, what is this? A Moose Moonsault? Moon Moonsault. Oh, Moon Moonsault. I don't know. Oh, do I even have it? If I don't have it, this guy's going to hate me. Oh, Lord. Oh, thank God. Oh, Jesus. I actually got nervous there. Yeah, I have the Moose Moonsault here. I guess it was considered one of the high spots. He waited too long. He missed his opportunity. That's dangerous. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't believe that he can always hit that. Moose comes right up. Following Moose, look at this. Nope, nope, not worth it. You can see him still trying to set the move up. Not worth it. 100%, I'm going to go with no. I never want to see it again. And I don't feel that way about a lot of moves. Some moves I feel like some people should, some people don't. The problem with this move, I'm going to show you again, is that not only does he barely hit it, but you, it's, it, it falls too much on the other guy. You know what I mean? Like the other guy can fuck up. If you guys aren't perfect at that point right there, if anything goes wrong at this point, you're you're both doomed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that shit was not fucking worth the spot. What's wrong with your left ear? But yeah, it, it looked cool. But don't sad. don't don't like look at that. Look at that. You see what I'm seeing here, man? Look at how much this, how little distance there is between the canvas and his head. Am I just being an old man about this when I'm looking at just the way that that shit came off? Swan can make it happen, yeah, but if if but one person, he's not always doing that with Swan. One person, if one person's just a little off, that could go wrong. Swan can have an off day and it could be fatal. It's not, it won't just be a sprain, it'll be fatal. And not, and everyone's not Rich Swan, like Dustin just said. One of the things they say about being a good wrestler is you want to have stuff that you could do on everybody. You know what I mean? And that's what entails being a good wrestler. That's why a lot of the time when you see somebody with a top rope Spanish fly, that's cool. But can you really credit them? What happens if they're fighting Brock Lesnar or Big Show? They're going to do a top rope Spanish fly. You know, they can't. You know, you you want to have stuff that you can hit everybody with. If your finisher requires you to choke slam somebody, but you're four foot, five foot two or whatever, or five foot seven, you know, unless you're the hurricane in this comedy, that's not going to suffice as a move. Part of this is your moveset has to complement you. Moose can't hit everybody with a fucking what? What? What even is that? It's it looks like some kind of like a moonsault power slam, or like a the top rope moonsault power slam. Like he can't hit everybody with that, so that that automatically shouldn't happen. And it looks dangerous, man. I like it as a fan. I don't like it as a as a person. If that makes yeah, any that sense, was, that was way, 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 way too dangerous. Yeah, and it's like want- a, a prime example of uh, Rollins is um that suplex and the Falcon Arrow. We haven't seen him do that on somebody he can't do it to yet, which is yeah. why it's one of his common moves, because he can hit almost ver- just about almost everybody. And yeah, George, you liked it. Why? Because it worked. 
I like that. Like it when it are you gonna like it when it doesn't work? It's just a dangerous spot. I'm not saying I didn't like it, but I'm <laughs> saying when you look at the, the barely clearing here. Yeah, you, and that you wasn't the finish, right? What finish. was that? To a to a no. two count or something? Yeah, that was a two count. You see what I mean? Like so how much more of the match was there after that? Oh god, it was maybe a few minutes more that they went. That's not even like a false finish to but, do and, some and crazy the shit like that. Swan got in with a roll up. Brock Lesnar was gonna hit a shooting star press just by himself on Kurt Angle, and that was going to be the finish to WrestleMania. These motherfuckers did a top rope moonsault slam, and it wasn't even a false finish. The match just kept going after that. Certain stuff. Because you know what the bad part is? It's not even the, the fact that he shouldn't, that he can't do that move to everybody that bothers me. Like I said, you watch the setup to it. As he's starting to go backwards, he's still trying to get Swan into position. I never thought that I would say be the one to say, but yeah, wrestling just needs to be more grounded, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like wrestling just really needs to be more grounded nowadays. I want to see more, uh, more groundwork. Like for example, Doug Williams decided that he's going to come out of retirement recently. He announced, really? he said that he looked at his life and he looked at everything and, uh, the COVID gave him time to reflect on living and doing the things that you really love to do. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he tweeting. It wasn't no picture or anything. Just literally, that was just a tweet. And I'm coming out of retirement. time. I'm, I'm accepting bookings with an email. I saw that, and I remember just thinking, you know what, man? I Doug Williams is one of my favorite British wrestlers. I I saw Doug Williams in early TNA, and he's another guy I failed to mention. That when I looked at him in TNA, I was like, yeah, man, that's my that's what I like. Like this is a real, real well-rounded, good-looking wrestler, man. You know, like everything he does looks clean and sharp. He is a fucking professional that's what that's and, what made it so different when he won the exhibition title because he wasn't like the typical exhibition yeah he he was it and that's the thing they need that right now they need a guy like doug williams that he he's not typical at that and the stuff he does works and it's snug and it's nice and it uh you know it's not crazy and it's not the freaking too, chaos theory is one of my favorite finishers <laughs> oh i know this is why they get paid but i'm just saying there are ways to do it that i prefer you know again keep, keep in mind that you're talking to someone who uh who's always looked at people like Dean Malenko as the people that I admire, like Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, and not the entertaining version of the ones before WWE and even before WCW. Like when those are the guys that I look at, you know, I look at the RVD and Jerry Lynn that were really young, you know, they used to wrestle, you know, the Tajiri and the super crazy, the no gimmick versions of them that first came in uh, with Heyman. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at those kind of matches. That's what I look for in a lot of my stuff. You know, so Doug Williams falls right up there. I don't really need people to fly through the fucking air, you know, and I'm not saying I don't enjoy it, but I'm just saying I'm not getting as much of the uh, AEW in the beginning looked like it was going to be the company that was going to start to bring a lot of that cool stuff back uh, just in a different way from what I'm looking for. And really, the RH pure stuff is the closest that comes to what I'm into. As yeah. far as what I would look for with the Dean Malenko matches and the Doug William matches and stuff like that. Uh, like, we haven't gotten to cover it in a long time, and I know they're doing their anniversary. I'm going to try to catch up on their weeklies and at some point in the next couple of weeks cover the anniversary show. But uh, the pure stuff, because I'm not really into the Ring of Honor roster right now any more than I am the TNA. But the pure stuff is what I look for when I want to watch wrestling for fun. Yeah, because even the high flyers that, that um, jump into the pure division, they, they, they ground themselves more there. Yeah. So it makes it feel like when you're in this division, you have to adapt your style. Exactly. So anyway, we still have a poll tonight. I keep forgetting. We got to wrap up. We're going to have a long one thanks to the amount of shit that there is. But let's oh, get into our, let's get into AEW, for God's sake. Unless everybody just had to burn through the weeklies fast on this one. Yeah, yeah. We just do. Overall, um, if I leave anything out or if you leave anything out, I'll call you in. But I know Phoenix goes over Matt Jackson in the singles match. Uh, 
Moxley and Kingston, they they have okay. So the Moxley Kingston thing, we do have to talk about uh, because they did have a sit down where they decided to explain exactly what the hell it is that happened. This is what they went with. I'm going to put it on here and share it on social media for you guys. Well, folks, here it is: the big explanation everyone wants to know about. It's a little embarrassing, but you know, I'm me. When I went in that ring and I covered my friend, thinking there was going to be this big explosion and all these fireworks. I caught a flashback to the last time I had this anxiety. Last time I had this kind of panic where I couldn't breathe. And that's when I was sitting in the jail cell getting ready for court. And I had the guards walking back and forth telling me, we're going to take you to Rikers, boy. We're going to take you to Sing Sing, boy. And everything went black. That's what happened. Go ahead and make fun of it. Call me a coward, less of a man. I'm not speaking for you and I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to those that understand where I'm coming from. Kenny, Kenny, you think this is a video game? Look at the heat. Look at the heat. That's what I felt in that ring. Look at these hands. I didn't scar them up playing video games. You think you're the Joker? You think you're the, you think this is funny? No, I don't. I don't think he was joking. I think he was really going to try to. No, pull me to there's no stuff. way. I think he, he was really being the Joker, a, I think he really and you're Batman. To, he wanted to blow. I like that, but I think he really wanted to blow me up for sure. I don't think he's that nuts. Look, I don't know who paid for that bomb. I hope Tony Impact Khan. Definitely. I think, you know, I think he wanted to blow me Impact, up. Impact paid for the bomb. Definitely. That makes perfect Without sense. Let me ask you a question. When that bomb came in the mail, did it come in a box with big bold letters that said Acme on it? I've made more explosive volcanoes in fourth grade science class. What the hell was that? Look. I had an explosive barbed wire death match live on pay-per-view, and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. Huh? We talked about lousy t-shirts recently. T-shirt, but I didn't win the world <laughs> championship. Ken, you were the better man that night at Revolution. But I did get a drinking buddy back. I knew that wasn't you, man. I knew that wasn't you out there. You know? Well, this one makes me laugh. I knew. I know you. You know. I mean, you could have came out, you know, a little bit earlier. You know, I was getting the crap kicked Bro, out of me for about 18 days. minutes by three days. guys. But now I'm on pay-per-view. I got to get my eyebrows done. I got to put my Tims on. You I don't already go know my there. style, B. You know my style, man. It's 1998 forever in my head, B. I can't look bad on pay-per-view, look, huh? I'm glad you didn't get blown up and everything. <laughs> Thank you. Same, same. Even though I still, I wanted to see a bomb go off. Like, you know. Yeah, a lot it. of people did, though. Look, Kenny, good brothers. Ha! <laughs> If you're going to flash a weapon, you know this. Mm-hmm. You better use it. Oh, that's dark. That's gangster talk right there. That's so I, I, I kind of don't like the whole I had a Rikers flashback to when they were going to put him in Rikers. Like, why would the, the flashback doesn't even apply to the explosion? Yeah, I mean, maybe he should have said that the sirens, that the siren countdown going off gave him the flashback. That would have like I'm adding that to the story, kind of like the way you added that they planned um, I, I, I deal feel like with the bomb guy. Yeah, they could have elaborated that a little bit more. Like maybe the, specifically the sirens that Bernardo. More of these companies need to learn to 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 do audibles and improv. I really feel like, especially when you have a ref with a headset out there, I feel like someone needed to convey a message to Kingston not to sell the explosion and then figure out the rest later on. The fucking mistake was afterwards. The bomb going off technical shit happens. The mistake was the way they handled it. You know, yeah. laying in the ring and then having the paramedic come and the commentary not knowing what to do. You change on the fly. That bomb did not go off. So now you sell it the way real people would a bomb not going off. We fix this shit next week. 
They could have yeah, fixed even, it. Uh, if he could, even Mick Foley said on his Twitter when it came to the, um, the bomb going off, he said when it came, the same thing happened with him and Funk when they had yeah, their I, came I, to I the told death you match, that. match. I watched that match. Yeah, I watched that match. Yeah, years they ago. even said like the explosion unfortunately didn't go off his plan. So he was in a sense saying like give him some slack for the pop not being as big as it would have been. But yeah, and I haven't seen yeah, it in years. And I haven't seen it in years. But when the, the explosion didn't go off with Terry Funk in the ring. If I recall, what he did was he broke kayfabe and he had like a little tantrum in the ring. I think he swung a chair over his head and slammed it down. He did something. He did something very Terry Funkish, where even though he was the one who was supposed to blow up, he shrugged and looked out at the fans like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like he looked pissed off and he kind of threw a chair and he was angry and the fans were kind of like, yeah. And there was like this unity between him and the fans of this being bullshit. So no one really looked back at it like a like a botch. Moxley sort of fits the character that like a Terry Funk or a Mick Foley would be where if he literally and even Eddie Kingston if they would have had that what the fuck was that bullshit effect where it's not really the character but it's the person doing that then everyone would have just overlooked it you know there's too much in character you gotta break kayfabe for people who are comfortable breaking kayfabe in the current wrestling world they're sure fucking scared to break it whenever something goes wrong which is the best time to just be like shit fucked up Eddie Kingston was a great person to send out there, as a matter of fact. I think that that was right. a good idea. Considering their history, that makes perfect sense. And the history that was established and reminded of in AEW, it was good booking. It was just an unfortunate era. Yeah. And it just kind of showed that they do don't... legit have history. That is a shoot. <laughs> and, and it just showed that they don't know how to improv, you know? Even if there's no way to convey the message to Eddie Kingston, you convey it to him in real time. Literally shake him. Kingston, no bomb went off. You know, pull him up. You know, look around, you know, the human reaction will be just the same as the character reaction of him looking around. You know what I mean? It's like they have to fucking improv, man. Look at Bischoff. And he brought this he brought this up in a recent uh, interview. Victory Road 2011. Ring any bells? Oh, yep. That was the night Jeff Hardy was fucked up. Right. I remember because he talked about, um, I think, what he said to Sting and what he said to Hardy. Everyone there had to think extremely fast. With only a few minutes for Jeff Hardy's fucking another me to play as he's fucking walking down the ramp and everyone panicking. And recently Bischoff, I'm, I'm shame I didn't bring the clip because he talked about it again recently. He talked about the time that he had, you know what I mean? And he even talked, he contemplated uh, just knocking Jeff Hardy out, like shoot punching him, going out there and just punching him dead. And he was like, he's not being a tough guy or anything. But Jeff was so fucked up when he saw him backstage that he said that his daughter would have been able to knock him out. You know, so he was thinking of just shoot punching him out to save the angle. But the point is, remember, he went out there, he shook his hand and he basically he he kept the expression like he was a heel. But he mouthed to him that he was going to go home early. And then Jeff was too fucked up to realize it. So when Sting hit him with the scorpion death drop and rolled him up, Jeff struggled and legit tried to shoot kick out. And if you go watch, Sting has scratches in his neck because Sting held him down so fucking tight that he kicked out. But after three, so it counted as legit. Jeff was too fucked up to even realize to stay down. Lots of shit happened there that people don't think about. All in a few seconds. Yeah. And as much as people and give Bishop shit, I, I respect Bishop a lot for things he's done over the years. And that's one exactly. of them. He thought really fast. He booked on the fly. He fixed the situation to the best of his ability. You know what I mean? And uh, I know a lot of people said that they wouldn't have said Jeff out there. I don't know the circumstance of how Jeff wound up out there. You know, I've heard people say they would have ran to the back and literally sent anybody out instead of Jeff. But the point being, he thought fast on his feet. And, uh, yeah, Jeff's eyes, I'll never forget the way he looked. He looked all fucked. He was gone. You know, but the point being that they called an audible and they quickly improved. And I think that when a bomb doesn't go off, you have to be able to call an audible. And at the very least, you should have a what if the bomb doesn't go off plan already in place. 
Because one of the questions that I would ask myself is, what do we do if this bomb doesn't go off? What's plan B? I would have never gone into something that elaborate that might not happen without automatically knowing what the alternative plan would be. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. But that's the explanation they went with. He had a fucking flashback. So, he, I guess he fell unconscious on top of Moxley's body. Uh, anyway, moving along. So, Cody gets called out by Pentagon. Uh, he comes out to do a promo. He gets called out. I never knew. I never heard him talk before. I was like, oh, shit. He speaks English. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he came out with speaking English. I was like, oh, man, this guy. So, um, and he basically said that he's... Yeah, he was really... He's just fucking nasty. He's, he, you know what it is? Because Pentagon is so passionate when he's in the promos. Like... In his head, he's in that moment. Yeah. So no he, matter what he says, he could recite the fucking alphabet and it's magical. Yeah, and he says that he's going to hurt Cody's arm so bad that he's not going to be able to hold his newborn baby girl. That's like the pinnacle of the promo, which causes Cody to charge him and then they do a pull apart. Uh, what else was relevant of this Dynamite? I know uh, we got to go we had, soon. Um, that six, um, six women tag match. Uh, you could talk about that if you yeah, want. We I had uh, Britt Breaker, everybody's favorite, Maka, um, Maki Ito. Maki Ito and Nyla Rose against Shida, Thunder Rosa, and Ryu Mizunami. Basically, the team of Baker, Rose, and Ito go over. Oh, that was way... You, you, you skipped a lot of stuff there, though. Oh, um, yeah, I was kind of jumping around on this one. But the Maki Ito thing, I legit popped, and I had to rewind it. When the, the intro part with her, where where is that on here? Let me see where it is oh, on the program. Goodness. Okay, yeah, let me grab this real quick. Give me a minute, guys. I was dying, dude. This, this, I can't get enough of this character. This girl is so good. Why is she so funny? Like, she has such a grasp for humor. It's nuts. Give me a minute because like, yo, I, have I, to... I, I need Tony Khan to put this bitch on TV every week. I don't care what she does. We could get our truth levels of random. I don't care. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I was I was literally dying. <laughs> I laughed out loud here. I was here by myself watching. I couldn't believe. It. I was like, "What?" So she comes out. She does her interest. This is her doing her interest, right? So she's singing, right? Because she's an idol for anyone another character. And then the fight breaks out. And everyone's killing each other, and she kept going. Look at what's happening. Vicky's choking someone with a kendo stick. Everyone's beating each other on rings, and she's still in her intro. And then she hits she 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 with the mic when she comes and attacks her. Oh, dude, I was rolling. That girl has such personality. She's so fun to watch. Like they, oh, they hit the jackpot bringing her. Yeah, definitely one of the better girls on here. That reminded me of anyone's old school Dragon Ball fans movie eight. Ah, uh, when uh, Krillin was singing at the at the picnic. And he's oh my going, god, yes, before the before the um, Paragus and everybody showed up. And he's going, Yeah, And then all of a sudden all of these, these the, all of the soldiers show up and he just keeps singing and his voice is crazy. <laughs> While this shit is breaking out. <laughs> it was just one of those comedic moments. Oh, I really dug that, man. 
Uh, but yeah, six women. You could continue. Didn't mean to cut you off there, but uh. Oh, no, no, no. you're gonna be yeah, pretty much the team of a uh, the team of Rosa Baker and Ito go over. Rosa drives Ito into the ground, and oh yeah, this match was crazy. But um, some of the chaos breaks out between Baker and Rosa continuing their feud, which is actually going to culminate this coming Wednesday in a light in the first ever female lights out match. Interesting. Yeah, it's going to be Rosa and Baker, which is going to be a real lights out match. Not some hold harmless kitty bullshit. Like, no, they're going to beat the dog shit out of each other in this. Minor spoiler. Minor. You guys can jump ahead if you want to, but I'm not yeah. going to spoil any finishes or anything. So Dynamite was pre-taped for this next Wednesday. Now, I don't know the finish, but I could say from a few good sources that what Destin speaks is true. Whatever happens with Britt Baker is very violent and was described as her being unrecognizable by the end of the match. They held absolutely nothing back. And I thought that there was something that was going to be going on there because she kept calling herself the face of the women's division. And I was thinking, are they going to do some sort of a deformity angle or some sort of a thing with someone's face? You know, because the whole face thing. But yeah, this was really fucking brutal. Whatever happened, she was literally described as unrecognizable. They gave a lot of credit for this. So Dynamite, from what I'm hearing, is good uh, for next week. Yeah. But yeah, that was one of the things I had to jump through because that was actually one of my favorite matches of the whole night. Yeah, I love this shot that we have up on the screen. You see that? Oh, my God. That little girl is so funny. That might be the graphic. It was either going to be that or Reggie sitting in Nia's lap. We'll get you to that. Better, I was about to say, we wait to Raw. I might have a third one. In oh, my God. But, yeah, again, this was a... Uh, as far as spots go, because I won't spend here all night, the one spot that I did like was uh, it was Thunder Rosa, her tornado dive to the outside. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, a beautiful drop. I'm going to bring that up on the screen here real quick. Yeah, Coming up here. Saw Britt Baker. She went right after her. That's why I say this issue is just, you can feel it when you're around. You talk to the, uh, the locker room folks. There's there's, there's issues there. There are, there are all the ladies are on the floor. Watch out. Watch out. Thunder, Thunder Rosa. Rosa oh. the Cancun tornado to the outside. Nasty. Very good look. Very good solid. Take it easy, Ash. Uh, so, yeah, that, w- that was really good. The finishes are... The, Basically, doesn't she spike Ito with that pile driver? Yeah, um, yeah, she drives her down with that pile driver. And then after a Brit, Brit with the crutch across the spine, and then the lock jaw, and so on and so forth. Uh, so there's some things that bother me about this dynamite that I'm going to get into. There's a reason I want to take this in order a little bit, just because uh, certain things that happen here. So one example is Sting's giving a promo, and he gets interrupted by Lance, Archer, and Jake. So I'm guessing what Lance Archer is once again a heel, even though he's been a babyface hanging out with Mox and everybody this whole time. See, it's kind of like I said, I've never even seen him as like a heel or a face lately. It's just been whoever's like he, he like Lance Archer lately. He's been striking me as it doesn't matter who you are. It, it's just like a, it's a split second thing. Like if you just look at him wrong, like you, <laughs> like he, he's. I only know if I what a street fight, man! As much as he just what a street and fight, and what a comeback seeing you back here in AEW. Antonio, let me tell you something about Darby. Darby is a dangerous, dangerous man. Puts his life on the line every single night. He takes risks, and when I say takes risks, it doesn't really describe all because a lot of times it's not even a calculated risk. 
with his own body, which makes him a very dangerous man. And you combine that with the stinger in a menacing location like the streets, and voila! We get a win! Stinger gets a win! Darby gets a win! And if you're not going to give us time, we're going to take the time. Whoa. And since you're wasting our time, now is the time to let everyone know that I never needed a ladder match to prove I'm the face of the revolution of AEW. And if things don't change, I'm going to take much, much more than time. Oh, it's off? Okay, well, thank you for letting me know that. Uh, I know how to fix it, actually. You have ways. Video should be in sync from this point forward. Sorry for anyone who it wasn't in sync for. Did that just start? That might have just started happening. But either way, uh, it's corrected now. But yeah, so we have uh, we have these guys here. And uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was weird. It's like no one's allegiances seem to really make any sense in this company. Uh, and it continues throughout the night. There's too many things that have a, a, a shitty theme here. Let me give you an example. So next, Ethan Page goes over Lee Johnson. And then Ethan attacks Lee after the match. And QT does nothing to help. He just stands there idly by and watches. And then out comes Goldust. So you got another case of a baby face suddenly doing heel stuff. So this is another heel turn. Well, uh, they've at least been had this one going since Revolution when QT was given shit for eliminating the two guys. So it seems like he's almost kind of like, so you're giving me shit for trying to win the match. And then it's just kind of like it's spreading to other people in that nightmare family. Yeah, but it's, it's weird. It, it seems like, almost so it's like, like he's kind of like still a little pissed about it. It's, it's just, just weird like, to me that like it, it almost felt like just one thing after another as far as turns go, because Pentagon uh, was a baby face in Death Triangle. And now he's out here threatening Cody. So in that one segment, it's just sort of revealed to us the Pentagon is oh. a heel. No, you see, know. that's what I'm saying. He's not a heel. It's Pentagon comes at any and everybody. He was like this in Lucha Underground. He was like this in Impact. It's anybody that's in his way at that particular moment. And whatever Cody said during his promo sparked something in Pentagon. No, but he was a heel. He came on, talked about the guy's newborn baby girl. And oh, yeah. You know what but I mean? Yeah, he, was, he was antagonizing. So he's working as a heel. And what I'm saying is, if you're going to do that, we talked about before how this show has a habit of just doing the same shit multiple times. Archer's another person who you're kind of saying he's not a heel or a babyface. He just kind of is going at it. you never considering he's the one. But another person who was a babyface up to this point, and now he's just acting like a heel. You know, and then QT is the third person who he's been a babyface. Now they're teasing him being a heel. So now you have another thing where it's like this guy's no longer on the same page as his friend. So now three people with three segments, three heel storylines of people turning or not being loyal. Uh... I just thought that that's a weird way. They could have spaced that out. I mean, honestly, you could have one of those turns every week and stretch out your content rather than three segments where people change alignments. I just thought it wasn't really that that well spaced out. Uh, Christian Cage is supposed to come out, but instead uh, Kenny Omega comes out for another Omega promo. I think we actually have the moment where Christian and Kenny Omega wind up meeting face-to-face afterwards here. Christian Cage is a veteran, a successful veteran. Omega tried to cheap shot to no avail. Oh, look at that. John Callis. Callis pulling Omega the safety. Yeah, he's got to pull his boy. By Christian Cage. 
Don Callis once again having to intervene to allow Kenny Omega to walk out of the ring intact. You're right, JR. He's going to drop him on his head. And now look he at this. He picks up the world. You see, and that's another thing. Are we going to have Christian be the, the, the AEW champion or compete for it? You know? You know Not the, right away. You know? I mean, he's holding it. They're teasing it right now. You know, it's an interesting tease. It's just a weird tease, you know? I mean, that's probably that because I mean, that's all I could really see that for right now is a tease because I mean, he just showed up. So kind of show is like hey this is something that could potentially happen in the future yeah now the stuff leading into before christian came out between uh moxley and uh, i mean not moxley with omega and don callis and, and all of that other stuff that was hilarious oh my you know? god dude, I, <laughs> I know that uh, certain combinations of people in aew they are magical together and like, i know stitches every time he's not everyone's cup of tea but for me omega uh makes a fantastic heel you know I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you 10 seconds to get out of here before these guys kick your ass. 10 seconds. Now I know you're not real educated, Eddie, so I'm going to help you count to 10. It's the countdown. Something's going to happen. I'm done. Quickly. North South Division. 69 me, Don. 69 me, save me. Done. 69 me, Don. Ah, ah, did I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Did, did I blow up? Sixty-nine, me Don. Sixty-nine, me. I I had flashbacks to the time I got detention in grade school, and I I got all I got all woozy. <laughs> you standing in the middle of this ring with the world champion, the best wrestler that ever was, looking like a joke. With three guys, four by my count, that could kick your ass. What do you hope to accomplish, Eddie? <laughs> he doesn't break character. Look at he's still looking like he wants to hit me. Well, you want to hit me? You want to hit the champion? <laughs> well, guess what? Guess what? This is your big chance. First one's free. Take your best shot and see what happens to you. See what happens, Eddie. You're not gonna do it. You don't have the balls. You won't touch me. You wouldn't get to touch me. Can oh, 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 oh. Of course he's gonna hit you. Yeah, and then of course that breaks out into a brawl. There, they jump you know him. Like is, you know what I like about Omega as a heel? What's that? He's one of the. He's, I, I only see maybe a handful of wrestlers do it. He can be. The serious heel, like he was in Bullet Club, or he can be the funny heel too. Mm-hmm. I don't too often see heels that can literally do both and be almost spot on. Yeah, that motherfucker said sixty nine be done. I almost cried laughing. Mm-hmm. So then they jump on Moxley. Does a run in. Um, that's when the you know they have the whole pull apart thing. Christian uh, and Omega come nose to nose. Uh, Omega tries to cheap shot him, and Christian goes for the pull kill switch. And as you see, they pull Don. Don pulls him to safety. Kill switch on pretty or whatever it's going to be called. Gothic yeah. face drop. I've heard. I think I heard. I think I heard them call the unprettier, but we'll see what they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Hardy signed a new group to the Matt Hardy Empire. Now he has Butcher Blade and Bunny, which it just seems like these people they don't know what to do with them. They don't know what stable they want to put them in. Not a Kingston's a baby face. It was just like, fuck it, Butcher Blade and Bunny need to be in another stable. So he has them with Private Party. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's a stable. That, see, that there's no logic to that. 
we're starting to get stables just for the sta- sake of stables. No good. It's just gang warfare. Uh, Scorpio Sky has a match against Darby Allen. Darby counters the TKO into a small package, I believe. Uh, one of the best highlights of this match for me, and I thought that this was as clean as it gets, is uh, Scorpio catches Darby out of a tope into a cutter. I didn't think that was something that was even possible. That was so crazy. Yeah, no, it was it was absolutely one of the the more smooth and flawless things. Darby is somebody good uh, when you want to do crazy shit like that. Yeah, it's because he's not scared. It's it's Darby's best and worst quality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here I'm gonna let you guys take a peek here. March fifteenth at ten a.m. This was something else. Look how smooth A-E-W-T-I-X. this is, man. Dangerous but smooth. It's perfect. Nice. Yeah, cool that is. It's safe when you're war it's it's the dangerous aspect because Darby's even willing to try that. But it's safe because you have somebody as talented as Scorpio Sky who can make sure it comes out looking amazing and nobody gets hurt. Yeah. But now we're gonna go back. Here comes my problem. After the match, guess what happens? Guess. He turns face. No, I'm kidding. But uh yeah. <laughs> Darby I did what he gave him like a pat on the back or something. And you get, and an, like they, you get another been, fucking heel turn, though. Like, look. Challenger, great athletes. AEW Dynamite, guys. Darby showing some respect. Whoa! Oh! Hey, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Scorpio Sky locks in the heel hook. What the fuck? He's trying to break the leg. Trying to break the, the ankle. He's trying. He's, Darby's tapping for all he's worth now. Arbor can't get him off. Here come the other referees. The entire referee court coming out. Scorpio. Scorpio Sky! Darby is screaming. You see, so now Scorpio Sky turns heel. He is trying to to permanently injure Scorpio Sky. I I can't believe what he's doing. You see, you don't don't do all these things in one show. What what, What is the matter with them? That's by default a mistake you know and i'm not being cocky about booking but holy shit this is a lot of storylines that could have spanned over months and it, it, what do we have four fucking turns or potential turns or turns in the progress there's always been a turn and let's keep it keep in mind that the entire night has been leading up to the inner circle war council which everyone who's watching regularly is expecting a fucking turn you know so it's like almost almost every segment aside from the girls almost every segment there was a swerve or return or somebody changed alliances or changed it's just crazy or someone and even the one that wasn't the one that wasn't a turn was matt hardy which was recruiting people into a stable you know it's like jesus they the the pacing on this show is rough man and i'm not trying to be critical because the stuff that's happening is interesting but fuck me it's like if you watched walking dead and one main character died and then 10 minutes later another main character died and then 10 minutes you know after a while you're desensitized to the shit you know, so finally we get to the inner circle jerk or the inner or the inner war, the, the war council, whatever the hell it is. Uh, Jericho Tease is a new member. I know there's rumors going around that the new member that he was going to introduce was going to be Zelina Vega had it not been for the interruption and that it's going to happen at a later date. I don't know about that. I would take that one with a grain of salt. Uh, but MJF talks about how it's time to let someone go. But then Guevara interrupts, uh, revealing a hidden camera. This shows MJF with Santana and Ortiz and Hager, and they're all collaborating to double-cross Chris Jericho. When MJF tries to sick them on on uh, Jericho and Guevara, it's a swerve, and then they reveal how stupid he is. And uh, they all go to team up on uh, MJF, but it basically turns out to be a double swerve, which I think we have a couple of clips of here. Uh, let's see what this is. Oh, my God! Oh my God. It's, it's FTR yeah. Wardlow. 
and Sean Spears. And Tully but then it turns out that he was busy making his own stable behind their back the whole time. Got him surrounded. Oh! The fight is on. Oh my God! Bottles are breaking. Bones will be next. And look at this. The chairman, Sean Spears, is. Sammy Guevara. So this oh, is no, a new no, stable. No. Oh, God. He... Sammy went face first right through that steel chair. And look at Wardlow pushing on Jericho. And, and, and the thing that kicked all this off, Dax. So this is not only uh, a heel turn. It's a turn and it's a, it's a stable being formed. And it's a face turn because the inner circle by default are baby faces. So it's kind of like, like in the whole matter, when you think we really list the amount of people that changed stables, got recruited, turned, left stables. It was like a lot, a lot of things, man. A lot of fucking things. Uh, also, Wardlow gives Jericho the bump, the power bump. It's supposed to be the OMG bump, but it was very cushiony. Uh, the very cushiony OMG bump, I think, through a pillow on even the fucking table. Bring it up on the screen for you guys. He can't do this. Not Wardlow's power. Picking up Jericho with Jericho power bomb from the Yeah, it looks very padding, man. Looks like a child would be able to drop on that shit. They should have hit that more. He's a bloody mess. His face a crimson mask here tonight in Jacksonville. So this is the new stable here, all right? Fetching in town, boys. Led by MJF. Did we get a good shot of them here? They don't have time for this shit. Deadly, deadly combination. You're seeing. Yeah, so there they are there. What are your thoughts on this new stable? I did not see this coming. I mean, we no, saw part but, um, of it coming with FTR well, and well, Tully and uh, the other thing. The MJF part is the part that seems weird with Wardlow. See, 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 those two coming together is what I didn't expect to happen. But I kind of always knew, like... It always seemed like they were brewing something with the FT with FTR, Tully, and everybody. I can't, I never could put my could kind of put my thumb on what it was. So I like that this was something completely out of the blue. It, yeah. I kind of I, I love the I love the fact that like MJF almost had this plan and set, knowing what was going to happen. But how would he know? Like, how did he know? He recruited. He genuinely recruited Jake Hager and the other guys. There would be no way for him to have known that they weren't going to actually join him. So. How would he have known to have forethought an extra step ahead and have made another stable in the It's almost like it's, it's like a plan. It's like an expected plan B. Wouldn't he have to expect them to swerve him first? He would have to expect that when he planned for Hager to turn on Jericho that they were going to so, turn anyway. I, I think the, only, the almost easiest way I can describe it, it feels like because it's not like he got rid, got rid of Sammy. It's just they kicked Sammy out. But I guess uh, I'm trying to see if I can think of the get the word out but <laughs> it feels more like he had this in place in the case like maybe at some point maybe the time sammy had in the inner circle winds up coming back up and it becomes more of a thing where now sammy starts to get back into jericho's ear okay but what i'm saying is he didn't know like he planned backstage according to the camera for hager and all of them to jump jericho right yeah what would have happened if they would have Agreed, because there was no way for him to know that they were going to swerve him back. What would he have done then? Well, since his whole thing was to get Jericho out, I mean, I mean, if he's getting Jericho out, obviously he's taking the leadership role. Maybe he's bringing those guys into the inner circle. So it would have been like, hey, this is this other stable that I'm secretly making. Let's merge them. Like, it's just it's said, so like far now, from. I, like pretty much like now I'm taking over the inner circle and we're making changes. Like pretty much reform the inner circle into his own. 
I guess. And then and then th- that team didn't really make any sense to me. You know what I mean? It felt like that came out of left field as well, where it was just like, okay, there's no connection with any of these people any more than the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny, Matt Hardy, and fucking Private Party. That didn't make much sense. I don't know. It's, it's, it's messy over there, man. Not going to lie, it's messy. That brings us to NXT. Regal comes out with his big announcements that we've known for months already, so I'm not excited. It was leaked months ago. I didn't even bother to mention it. That's how much it leaked. First announcement was the first ever two-night NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. Night one being April 7th. I mean, I'm sorry. Night one being Wednesday, yes, April 7th at 8 p.m. on the USA Network. Followed by the following days, night two being Thursday, April 8th, exclusively on Peacock. So you get one as a free USA exclusive and the other one on their new service. That's how they get you to jump over. Don't think that's going to work. That's how Uh, they get them to jump over. The second big announcement was was that the NXT Women's Tag Team titles were introduced and awarded to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez for being the winners of the the NXT Dusty Road Women's Classic. Uh, And which was weird to me because I was like, so just no rematch against Nia and Shayna because clearly that was fuckery, but okay. Well, that was when when Regal said that I'm that management didn't make some changes, so I made it myself. That's what he was doing. He kind of felt that because they got in storyline, because they got screwed by Pierce with the other titles, uh, he decided to have his own made. Is essentially where he was going with that. They they kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, but anyway. They basically have a heel promo where Shotzi and Ember step up to be the very first challengers of the newly crowned champions. Uh, and uh, they wind up fucking winning and going over. And these, these two... Uh, Dakota and Gonzalez had those titles for an hour. Yeah. But that but <laughs> that comes later on. We'll get to that. Uh, before that happens, you get Tony Storm uh, and Io Shirai, right? Doesn't that match happen first? Yep. Uh, women's women's championship match and uh storm winds up tapping um to a cross face after eo catches her coming off the top yeah which is uh big for eo because this was actually the first one-on-one victory she has against tony storm because that was one of the big building points of this match was that one-on-one tony never lost to eo to, to eo Shirai. right uh what else did we have we had uh Oh, Bronson Reed, when LA Knight was giving a promo, right? Let me see if I could bring this up. Not that. That's not what I'm trying to bring up. You guys hear that all the time. Where is it? This was hilarious. Watch when watch the way Bronson Reed grabs this dude, man. Not an insult. That is just a fact of life. Oh my god. <laughs> Shit. Yo, he grabbed him like he was his property. Next week, I think that time's about to come. I think if anybody can step up, find enough tingle in their loins to step in the ring with L.A. Knight, they're going to find out exactly how that ends up. And that's not an insult. That is just a good fact of what? <laughs> he grabbed him like it was his property, man. Oh, man, that was great. Ah, uh, what else? What else? We got to speed through. So I want to get the fuck out. Raquel, Raquel and Dakota versus Shotzi and Ember. Finally, uh, wild power bomb by Raquel. Right. But what else is new with her? Right. That's what she's known for. Let's see if we get this up on the screen here. Yeah, I also like that double team that they did there. This match continues. Title still on the line. Assisted go to kick is now Gonzalez. Look at this. Just trying. 
to show her will in this matchup, show her power and her strength as she is now bending. Oh, that's the, that gory special that she does first. And then look at how she brings it down, though. To retain the titles. It was like almost from like the gory special into a power bomb. You know, I thought that was dope. Video game shit. Yeah, Shotzi rolls up Dakota with the Japanese roll up, right, to go over. Mm-hmm. Terrible. They lost those titles, man. So here's what bothers me about this whole thing. Uh-huh. First of all, it just wastes an appear waste a, one of the rare appearances by the NXT by by the WWE women's tag titles because for me, if you're gonna do that, this is literally they they could have got to the same result with just a lot less craziness. You have the first ever women's Dusty Cup winners. How about it's for brand new tag titles? You let it carry for a little bit, then maybe new champions. But they probably didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, wouldn't do that ever because it's just like the and it takes away a little bit of the appeal of those women's tag titles now because a lot of them the big thing when Sasha and Bailey first won them they said hey these belts can go to all three brands. Yeah, so it's like yeah, it you're taking a little once again fucking over nxt you're creating that separation i know what you mean yeah like, uh yeah it's stupid caden carter carter versus i lee the finish is a dq because casey catanzar winds up beating the fuck out of zaya with a crutch which is kind of funny because the whole and we could take waterboarding and torture and fire and but a crutch and you're on your fucking knees begging you know what i mean and then when it gets snatched like caden basically winds up downing boa because boa winds up snatching it from her so so much for the ancient strength because caden could fuck one up and the other one got crutched to death you know tian shah is not gonna be uh happy uh, Legado del, del uh, La Tag Team, I guess, because they don't have the main guy there. Legado del La Tag Team versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Uh, and we get the astronauts at the top, but it's actually MSK dressed as Brizango. And, uh, that shit killed me. And the distraction causes Phantasma, uh, basically to, uh, to go over. And the thing is, you know what? I gotta give credit. I could see that distracting me if I was a wrestler. Like, can Why you imagine wrestling? And then it's like, right? first it's astronauts. And you're like, oh, it's fucking these assholes, Brazango. Then when they take it off, it's not Brazango. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, like, that would be distracting. Double distracting shit. So, good job. I like those guys. They're funny as fuck, MSK. I want to see more. Yeah, but course, And then uh, at the end of the ring, they get to do a dance. They're dancing with Brazango. <laughs> that shit was amazing. But um, one of the pieces of news that came out of this was um the travel ban has officially been listed lifted so it looks like i believe this coming wednesday jordan devlin is coming back to nxt and big deal being because the, the main reason that um santos is champion is because when the pandemic hit the travel ban prevented devlin from traveling back from between uk and nxt right so now say now we're gonna santos is about to see if he's the real cruiserweight champion hmm because even over in NXT UK, they haven't stopped announcing Jordan Devlin as Cruiserweight Champion. All right. Well, hopefully now that shit can get sorted. Yeah, no. But yeah, mm-hmm. these guys, it was interesting that these guys got ruined as far as the uh, the freaking tag team championship went. They just made them look weak by doing that shit to them, yeah. you know? Uh, what else happened? Anything else of, of relevance you had? Yeah, the main uh, event, the world championship. Uh, they interviewed Raquel and Dakota. 
about losing the title and they said they still stand as the top champions and then Io Shirai comes out and I believe in Japanese because they didn't try to believe what she said was it was something about their that title run being very fast or something like that something like uh, that yeah Finn Balor versus Adam Cole Balor of course retains Kyle's like waiting in the shadows there and then afterward he beats the hell out of Cole uh thoughts on the match or anything in regards to it I mean, it was a barn burner of a match like you expected from these two. Absolutely fantastic display. Like I said, I like this variation of Finn Balor. The fact that we've been getting a more gritty one, not smiling and shit. I'm, interesting to, I'm interested to see where things go for Adam Cole next. Because I was like, if at, if at this point he doesn't win it back, he's not getting it back. I don't think anytime soon. But um, I love some of the stuff like, of course, Cole hitting his last shot for a near fall. Even hitting the Panama Sunrise and Balor kicks out coup de gras. I think um the beautiful coup de gras that put the ma- put the match away. Which actually uh, Balor did in reverse, like he hasn't been doing. He hit the nineteen sixteen first and then the coup de gras. Yeah, which we usually seen him go coup de gras in nineteen sixteen. So I do kind of like him mixing up the combination now. Yeah, there were a lot of cool changes up in this. Very physical. I mean, it's what you would expect from these guys. So very yeah. solid all around. Uh, and yeah. Kyle winds up beating the hell out of uh, Cole afterwards. Yeah, to me, it would, it would like we make had everything just like. To me, it would make sense, honestly, if Kyle, uh, if if Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era are swerving Balor to cost him the title, you know. That'd be a lot of shit that they've done to each other, though, for a swerve. Like, it, it would be. And like that's if the you swerve somebody by brain buster because of the stretcher, because of the stretchering like, and shit, and because of actually taking each other out, that's the only thing that makes it fucked up. So maybe they do yeah. just want to have them feud. Um. Anyway, mean, okay. I was gonna say yeah, because I mean it makes perfect sense for them to feud because I mean with as long as Adam Cole was champion, um, I I almost won the moment I saw Kyle start the challenge where I was like, "There's the seed right there," because. Mm-hmm. Adam's obviously not going to be okay with anybody being champion but him. So, Dynamite did 743,000 viewers. They are way down. They they went down 210,000 viewers from last week. 200 and almost 11,000 viewers from last week. That's crazy. NXT did 691,000 pretty much where they usually are. uh, Because they were 692,000 last week. Viewership dropped significantly for AEW. I don't know where the hell 200,000 viewers over 200,000 viewers went but that's that's alarming probably just somewhere else <laughs> yeah we'll see not even wrestling based but yeah can't blame them for that uh so next we got smackdown good old friday night smackdown uh reginald huh reginald reginald's gonna get some puss a no <laughs> let's get let's get some reginald on the screen before we even explain what was going on here you know, look, you got Reginald. Like you okay. came into my life, and Yo, my world oh. never right. looks okay, all right. Can you believe this is doing this shit with Reginald? GQ, give me that back shot. Give me that back shot. Oh, look God. at his shoulder. Ooh, that's hot. Okay, we need a selfie on this one. Taking pictures with Naya, selfies and shit. Reggie. Anyway, it's often poor. Poor Shane is in the background on her phone texting being miserable about the fact that she's I, there. I, I, I felt for Shayna because I've been that person in that moment. Yeah, that was absolutely amazing. And then he sits on her fucking lap. You know? Like, talk about how emasculating that is. 
Let me see if I could get the shot. There it is. Look at this. This is him sitting on her fucking lap. Listen to this. What could I possibly do to repay you? Oh, God. Best part of this. Absolute best part of this. You brought me genuine tears, all right? So they did that whole, what can we do to repay you? And Nia smiles and you get the little sexy music implying sex. Look at this shot. Look at fucking Michael Cole corpsing and struggling. His head's about to explode. This is the funniest fucking Michael Cole. You have to just look at him. He can't even look at Corey Graves. He couldn't even talk to respond to him. Watch, watch this. Look at his face carefully. I'm curious to see how this develops. Oh, that customary, man is fighting with every bit of his being. Spree to buy clothes that you don't already have. Nonetheless, Nia Jackson. <laughs> he took everything in his power. Yo, his fucking face. When it come back, his face. Oh, my God. That, that made the Nia thing worth it for me. Poor Michael Cole was falling apart there, man. Oh, that is so funny. Ah, oh boy. What else happened? We got to get out of here. I really need to leave. Anyway, uh, you get Cesaro versus Murphy, and he drop kicks Murphy. Huh? Huh? Get it? You fucking stupid. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Um, Rollins does an ambush. He winds up hitting two blackouts, curb stomps, stomps, whatever it is now. Uh, there's a pull apart. Jamie Noble stopping. I thought that was really cool, too. Like, he's about to dive and stomp um rollins in the chair and he jumps and jamie noble legit catches him preventing him from doing it uh zane quote-unquote decided that owens is going to be in the documentary but owens is too busy doing the ko show which i like that he takes the ko show seriously as a, as a face like it's a real show that he takes pride in. he has his cue cards and he makes sure the guest are comfortable. the opposite you know really really well done uh edge tries to reach out to jay and it's ironic because he's like, I remember when I used to bump around with you and your buddy in the ring when you were 10. And that, that shit made me feel old. Uh, but Jay's not. Uh, Jay's too far gone. And Edge is just like, I tried. Uh, Kevin Owens show has Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. And then Nia, Jax, and Shayna cr- uh, show up uh, basically to crash the party and sort of uh, be a commentary here. Because Sasha and uh, I believe Bianca have a match against Natalia and Tamina. And then during this match, Reggie is showing his clothes on the announce table. And I want to show lining and stuff. And Sasha, for some reason, gets annoyed and gets up on the announce table confronting him. And Reggie retreats into the ring and Sasha slides in after him. Natty bumps her basically out. And then Bianca winds up getting pinned by fucking Tamina thanks to the distraction. So I don't know why Sasha was even getting involved. It's not like Reggie was interfering in the match. Just weirdness. Uh Biggie returns. He calls it Apollo. There's no Apollo. Instead, he gets Corbin because uh, he makes it an open challenge for his title. But before Corbin gets to accept, Zayn jumps ahead of him in the line and he accepts the open challenge. Uh, but he gets belly to belly immediately, slides out. Then the match happens. Biggie versus Sami Zayn finish being Biggie going over with the big ending. And then afterwards, Apollo shows up with yet another ambush. So this Apollo thing is becoming like a very bad, very, very bad habit. Yeah. And, uh, I think I got a Apollo ambush thing here. I don't know if he speaks any more of his native tongue, but nonetheless, we got this. Biggie is ready to fire in his eyes. And from behind, behind, an ambush, an assault from behind by Apollo Crews. 
He was looking everywhere except for where Apollo was. Apollo Cruz await, awaiting the right moment and now delivering the slam to Big E. So that was that. Uh, you had the Roman Reigns contract signing, which, uh, what did you think of that? I love, I love Daniel Bryan's personality during that. Right. I love how he just, he doesn't sound bitter as much as just like irritated in the sense of like, Hey, what, what did he say? He's like, you two have wrestled basically three matches each, all of like what, 2020, I think he said, whereas I've been wrestling night in and night out. He generally sounds like just pissed off and I love it. I love that he gets an awe. Uh in Roman's head, like he actually, after Roman says he doesn't deserve to sign the contract, he kind of eggs him into signing the contract. Last week, what, talking smack a few days ago, I agreed to it. That was a couple weeks ago. This week, I'm not feeling it. So it's a no. I'm not signing this. You don't deserve it. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm excited about this, so I'm going to sign it. You know, who would have thought Roman Reigns was not a man of his word, you know? And I didn't think, maybe the head of the table, I never thought you'd be afraid to fight somebody like, oh, but you know what, now it's all starting to make sense. Maybe that changed last week because, you know, for years... A lot of people have thought that I was better than you. You know, I, I <laughs> That's thought awesome. I was better than you. But you never thought that. You always had self-confidence. But last week, I proved it because I did something that you could never do. And I made Jay Uso quit. Does that stick in your craw? Does that make you uh, doubt yourself? Does that make you a, a little bit afraid? Are you afraid to sign that contract? That's not the head of the table. Maybe I should be the self-proclaimed head of the table. Daniel Bryan, self-proclaimed head of the table, ruler of the island. I could be the head of the whole Samoan family. I mean, imagine that. Alpha Sika, they would they were love me. I'm so kind. You don't like that? <laughs> he signed that shit. I he love this. He, he said, I could become the head of the Hosomon Island. Alpha and Sika, they'll like me. I mean, I'm so kind. <laughs> Good for him, man. You know. Uh, but yeah, basically, Jay gets mad and he proclaims himself the special guest in force. I don't know how the fuck that would be allowed anyway, but Ed shows up challenging Jay next week. The winner gets to be the special guest enforcer at Fastlane. Uh, well, it's not even next week then, right? Because the pay-per-view is this Sunday, so it would be on the pay-per-view? Yeah, it, it's ba- no, it's basically this coming uh, Friday. Oh, this They're coming, right, right, because we still get one more SmackDown, I forget. There's a brawl, basically Edge and Bryan versus uh, Reigns and Jay, and then Daniel Bryan takes out Edge with the running knee, and uh, that's pretty much it. With SmackDown bringing in 2.1 million viewers, 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. Finally, let's get to Raw and wrap up here, which last week did 1.897 million viewers, 0.55 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic at 718,000 viewers. Uh, I've I've scatteredly watched this Miz and Morrison explaining to Lashley, uh, basically that Miz had irritable bowel syndrome or whatever the fuck, and he wants a rematch, and McIntyre won at one two, and he wants to be getting attacked by everyone, including Sheamus. Uh, Mac winds up submitting Miz with Lashley's hurt lock, essentially sending a message to him. Using his because own they move. did announce that it will be Lashley and McIntyre at WrestleMania. 
Right. <sighs> Dana and Brooke, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose go over. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose go over, Rosh. Uh, oh God, was it Dana Brooke? It was. It was. I don't even remember what the match was. I just know the important part was Oscar returns and kicks Shayna in the fucking head for knocking out her teeth. They have a match later on the night. Holy shit! Her almost, almost basically curved stomping her into the middle ring post. Yeah, I'm just trying to get the. I'm just trying to get through to the important stuff. So that's the main reason why. If it's because we still have the poll to do after this, good lord! So it's going to be an over four-hour fucking show. Uh shout out to Q's Thompson. Also, I see you there, man. Just rushing here. Uh, what else? What else? Yeah, Xavier Woods uh, and Kofi Kingston going over Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. New day becoming tag team champs once again. Rough match. Time. Rough match. A little bit sloppy. Woods really collapsed onto Shelton with that. Uh, I mean, not Woods. Uh, Kofi with the trouble in paradise on the dive to the outside. He essentially hit his head next to the announce table. Uh, afterwards, AJ and Omos challenged New Day for the WWE titles at Mania. And I gotta admit, I'm surprised they, they kicked the Hurt Business to the side before Mania so fast. It was like, fuck you, Hurt Business. You've been in this gimmick this whole time, but now it's time for Mania. We gotta sweep you out of the way quickly and just right. give something else. I like AJ and I like Omos, but way to not even give these guys their rematch. You know what I mean? And which, which obviously now they'll come on next week and demand it only to lose because you guys made up your fucking minds. You know? So that's crazy. This was kind of an issue with a Raw. A lot of stuff that just, they announced stuff for WrestleMania, and it's like, you could have built this way better. But. Yeah, it's just made up. Bad Bunny gives R-Truth back his title and trades him for some Stone Cold title that R-Truth has. Yeah, the old Smoking Skull Championship. He literally handed him the 24-7 title back. Wonderful. Didn't pin him, just handed him. Uh, Damian Priest jobs Jackson Riker instantly. Elias attacks him from behind. Bad Bunny grabs his guitar. Um, he winds up... Uh, countering the slam because he was in a slam position he winds up getting to punch elias uh and then uh elias winds up getting bell clapped and he gets hit with hit the lights but then miz shows up with first morrison and then that winds up distracting them miz taking out bad bunny from behind with the guitar with, and uh, all i'll say is i said i saw somebody on social media say morrison looks like that cool aunt that looks let you drink well, as long as you don't tell anybody oh god they fuck his hair up <laughs> shane's back God have mercy. This is Shane versus Braun. Uh, Shane stalling with push-ups. He's playing hopscotch, which is all to me because, like I said in the chat, if you're going to play hopscotch, then you need to play craps like Soul Brother Number 1 from Last Dragon. No <laughs> bullshit. No bullshit fucking hopscotch. Shane attacks him with a camera, does the flying elbow through the table. Um, and Then, then, he, then he pours green paint all over like, like slime. Nickel. It was just like some weird slime shit. It's an awful segment. The show's <laughs> Raw's almost unwatchable. That's why I'm rushing through it. And they announced uh, those two for Fastlane. Yeah. We get Shayna versus Asuka. Uh, Nia keeps trying to get her big ass in the ring throughout this and keeps getting kicked out by Asuka. Baszler has Asuka in the Kirifuda clutch, but Asuka rolls and ba- ba- basically Baszler's shoulders are down. So she winds up pinning her, but getting choked out at the same time. And then afterward, Baszler goes to kick a recovering Asuka. She winds up grabbing her leg and beating the hell out of her, stomps her face first into the turnbuckle, uh, then goes to take the padding off the bottom turnbuckle where she's sort of just pushing her in. Uh, sort of doing the Daniel Bryan thing. Then she removes her mouth guard and puts her mouth on the bottom exposed turnbuckle and starts to drive her knee and foot into the back of Shayna's head, causing her to bite down hard on this turnbuckle. Uh, and then she goes to finally kick her face first into it, and the ref gets there just at the motion of the kick. And look, I know she's into girls, but that ref earned himself some head because she was about right. to lose hers. You know, so holy and I shit love there. How the- I love how it might have even been ringside. They was talking about stuff. Oh, they tease, they tease the Oscar heel turn. How the fuck is it a heel turn if it's another heel? 
Oh, she got her teeth knocked on. She came back for revenge. They need to cut that. This is fucking vicious NXT Oscar. Like, think before you type. Yeah. Ali versus Riddle. Nasty swinging neck break off the apron during this match. Look good. Riddle winds up retaining and escaping before the Retribution guys can do anything with him. Uh, Sheamus has I do love how, like, um, Mm -hmm. in a backstage segment with Retribution, when Ali was basically giving him the business, fucking Riddle just screwed it on by on the scooter. Yeah, yeah. He was going room, room, or whatever the fuck he was doing. Was Ridiculous. Great. Sheamus versus Bobby Lashley finished being Lashley. Uh, Spear Sheamus essentially out of the air, which was very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, that's like the second time he's been hit out of his bro kick. With proper booking and a better error, what would have made more sense is if Lashley would wound up hitting Sheamus with the Claymore, sending a message back to him since he used the, the Hurt Lock, since uh, freaking... McIntyre used the hurt lock in his match earlier, but he probably can't. Yeah, I guess he probably can't throw a convincing enough claymore for that. Yeah. Instead, Mac winds up hitting Lashley with it uh, at the end of their little brawl at the end. I miss anything before we get to the damn poll so we could leave? That was pretty much it. That was raw in a nutshell. That was me half paying attention, by the way. I, I know half. I probably I mean, missed yeah, something. You literally didn't miss anything. So. I didn't really. You did. I don't think you missed anything. I didn't even use like a. I didn't, I didn't use like any results or anything either. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's pretty sad you know when you think about it all right i gotta get the poll to you guys i'm gonna link you in the chat room and then i'll give everybody a moment to uh click on it which when i mentioned the raw thing when it says it comes with lost smile just that freaking image of Strowman <laughs> standing up trying to talk shit to shame like talk shit to shame like that motherfucker does not have nickelodeon green slime all over his face like that is a kodak moment for your ass Give me a minute here. Just doing my best to get the poll on the screen. Oh, no, you good. Everybody clicking it. I, I did this in a rush, so I don't even know it could be broken. Well, I know I didn't even look at it when it was over. Yeah, it looks fancy. All right. Well, then let's get this poll on the road. Fast lane. Last stop before the last stop on the road to WrestleMania. Thank God they stopped doing roadblock. <laughs> well, for some reason, the image itself is not one you're on our screen. How crazy is that? Give it a minute, guys. Sorry about that. Is the poll loading for you guys? It's up on mine. And not on mine. Oh, there it is. Just when I brought it down, it came back up. There it is. Fast lane poll. All right. Awesome. First match, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Of course, it's Drew because he's got a title shot at WrestleMania. Obviously. Could have easily just made this number one contender, so at least you can give the illusion Sheamus might win. But no, Sheamus is losing this one. Next match, Intercontinental Championship. Big E versus Cruz. I feel like, I, you know what? I feel like to really capitalize on this change, maybe have Cruz go over. No, they already, they separated New Day to give Big E a push that they've been trying to get off the ground for years now, supposedly. They did a Big E documentary that everybody went to watch and all this other stuff to push Cruz. I don't think so. They better not. Big E is where I'm yeah, going. I mean, and they also got a Live Glory documentary, so. No, fuck with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you just make saying. a good point. I'm, I'm just saying what they should do, but you make a good point. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team title match. You got Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. Shayna and Nia because they're fucking WrestleMania opponents. Like, yeah, so it's obvious there. They're not going to have these two. These two are going to have miscommunication or something. Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. I mean, much as I love Daniel Bryan, they've been building for Roman and Edge. So Yeah. Roman, Roman it is. I mean, Roman's going to WrestleMania. So, look, this was an easy survey. Hit that finish button. You know, here I was it, worried about this thing taking forever. You know, it helps that their cars are usually so short now. Yeah. 
like that's one thing that threw us off with Revolution was like we're not used to ten match cards anymore. If they add more matches, as always, we will be adding them to the poll throughout the week. You can go back and just vote on the ones that'll be at the top. I'll timestamp on the description when I added them so you can always come back and check and just vote on those and hit submit it'll still tally up correctly you don't have to worry about that and of course on Sunday we will be in the chat room throughout the pay-per-view as well as at the end uh we will be doing a post show so join us contact us uh stay in touch through that and of course there'll be streams throughout the entire night this was exhausting this was a big one that being said thank you Everyone who hung in for this practically overnight show, uh, all of you crazy bastards that are in the chat room right now, uh, Stasis Dreams, and Willie V2, EB Gamer, George, uh, Four Silk, Urhobs, Ur- um, Cabigon, Weekly Planet, aka La- Ashley, uh, Bloodluster. Hughes Thompson, I know was over in the other chat room, as well as Marceline the Vampire Queen, aka Sakuhasu. Uh, if I missed any of you, I'm sorry. Notes for a bit of a mess here. I know I also see Laura in the chat room, uh, Ice Wizard, and then a few of your other guys there. And of course, all of you listening across the various platforms iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, uh, Podcast Addict, as well as TalkBrunch.com, Facebook, and Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 444, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself and my co-host, Destin Soul Glow Frazier. We're out of here. And we're canceled. Shut it down.